All right, folks. We all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and action securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to StealthyHunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA. Listening to the Northern Hunter Podcast, home of all things hunting, fishing, and outdoors in Alaska. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. My name is James Payne. And I'm Mariah Humphreys. And we are sitting here again with Chris Perez. Thank you for joining us for this week's batch of episodes. How you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, so, guys, today, as promised, we are going to be covering uh, predator hunting introductions. So, getting into it. Uh, for anybody that's uh, looking to get out there and put down some fur this winter, uh, maybe you've been thinking about getting into it for the last couple of years or it's your first winter up here and you're just looking for something to keep busy, uh, we're going to be going over all the basics that you'll need to know before heading out into the field, uh, equipment you'll want to use, things you'll want to look for, best times to get out there and all, all of the nitty gritty. So we're going to be covering all that here soon. Uh, but as you always, this is an educational platform. If you have any questions, uh, definitely feel free to reach out to us. We've got our social medias on Instagram or Facebook. If you search at the Northern Hunter, you'll find us there. And uh, if you'd like to support what we're doing here, the easiest way is always to like and share the show on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Uh, subscribe to it. Leave us a review. Five yeah. stars are best. Uh, and a written review really helps out. If you'd like to uh, help us grow and make more content, then if you head over to the northernhunter.com, we've got a great shop page there with some merch. You can get some logo wear. Um, and we have a wonderful, beautiful partners page that Mo built for us. Uh, it's got all the different companies that have believed in what we're doing here. Uh, they've given uh, discount codes for the gear. Uh, they make awesome stuff. And if you feel so inclined as to purchase gear from them, use that discount code. Um, it's all listed either in the show notes or on the webpage there. And that gets you a nice discount. Also helps us out here at the Northern Hunter. So we appreciate everybody that goes and does that. Um, so Chris... You've been predator hunting for a while. Um, you uh, think you came on, what was that, March? You came on and talked to us. It was uh, the tail end of last predator season. And uh, for anybody, I think that was episode 21 was the last time you joined us. We're, on, uh, we're into the 50s now. Um, and you gave a pretty good overview of like predator hunting and stuff like that. Um, for anybody that wants to go back and listen to that one, it's a great episode. Um, but this we're hitting at the beginning. Or actually, a little bit before the beginning. I think uh, Coyote might be opening. I don't know when this one's going to drop as far as the actual date goes, but Coyote will be opening pretty soon, and then the rest of them should open into November. Um, but to kick this one off, um, for anybody that maybe doesn't know what predator hunting is here in Alaska, why don't you give us a basic overview kind of of what 
what is predator hunting in Alaska specific? Like, what are you doing? What are you trying? Like, what are the animals that are available to hunt? Um, and just kind of like a general breakdown of what predator hunting is. So you got uh, lynx, mm-hmm. coyotes, yep, um, two fox species. Okay. Um, is it only two up here? I, I believe so. Okay. Arctic. Yeah. I should really know this, but <laughs> Arctic, Arctic and, and, and reds. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and then there's different color phases. Color phases so, within uh, the reds. Yeah. Reds and, right. and also like uh, seasonal um, okay. phases for like the Arctic fox, right? They're darker right, in right. the summer mm-hmm. and then they go into their, their coats. And like, yep. like rabbits. Yeah. yeah and everything kind of seems to have like a, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Ptarmigan, all these yeah. things. Yeah. But, um, so uh, wolverines, wolverines, wolves. Yep. Um, you got your small critters, small yeah. predators. Yeah. Um, so basically anything that that predates on on like rabbits and birds. Yeah. If yeah. you're yeah. Like, like if you're like in the southern part of the state where you're mm-hmm. like closer to like uh, like otter, uh, like an otter population, you can call those in. Oh no, calls. Yeah, a lot. Like <laughs> nice. guys do that too. I don't know how common that is. Obviously, I don't have I have a limited experience in that, but. <clears throat> there's a lot of opportunities for predator calling in the gotcha. state. So, yeah. and, and so by, by calling, um, you're talking about utilizing, um, some form of either a mouth call or an electronic call, correct? To, yep. to, to basically mimic a, a wounded animal, uh, a, a, what these predators yeah. would consider mm-hmm. an easy meal, right? Yep. That, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so like species specific scenarios, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all gonna, I mean, it's, you know, they all kind of, they're all receptive to a different tune, right? Okay, and yeah. There's hand calls, e-callers, like you were saying, and mm-hmm. you're just ba- basically painting a picture to get them into range, right? Mm-hmm. And and making emulating meal sounds or gotcha. scenarios, right? Yeah, and, and um, and this is primarily a wintertime uh ordeal up here in Alaska. I think the coyote season, I believe, opens middle of October. Is that right? Yeah, and then you do have some, in you, there's some opportunities under a hunting license, depending on what mm-hmm. unit you're, you're mm-hmm. hunting in. Yep. Um, and that, I don't, maybe that's something you guys want to get into down the road as yeah, far as we that's kind of complex, but. Um, and then, uh, what is it, November 1st, I think is when a lot of November stuff- 1st is the general opener for everything in the state. Gotcha. And yeah. that is later in, in some units, mm-hmm. right? Um, that can go like December 1st, I believe, and there's. I, I'm not really sure of all the different regs regarding mm-hmm. other units. I'm kind of more familiar with our local, right, right, right our yeah, local regs, right? right. Yeah. So essentially, like we've we've covered trapping a bit in, on the show, yeah, and, and you know, and trapping is is you're basically trying to lure animals to either step where you want them to step or or put their heads through a noose or something like that based <laughs> on based on scent or some kind of an attractant that they're looking at. You're just doing the same thing essentially with sound bringing them into range of a rifle. Right. right? And, and, and yep. that's, and it's, so it's, you've got trapping and then you've got predator hunting. That's the two ways people go after fur bears here in Alaska. Yep. Um, now, where most people would probably be familiar with this would be looking at, uh, say, uh, videos from the Midwest. Or maybe not just the Midwest. I mean, they, they've got it in Arizona. They've got it in, in all, all kinds of places. Bobcats, um, coyotes. Bobcats, Lower coyotes, 48, things predator like that. And, and there's there's some really awesome videos on on YouTube there about that is. stuff. I mean, some of these guys they're so good at filming it. I mean, they just they, they lock onto those animals and they're they're coming in on a string basically, yeah. just coming into that call. And, and and 
the funny thing is in some of those those areas, those like agricultural areas where these these coyotes are considered pests and they're just everywhere. I mean, like where <laughs> where, where I grew up in Kansas, there's tons of them everywhere. Um, you know, you're just driving to work in the morning and you see them out in a field somewhere. They're um, very comfortable. Down, they're down very comfortable and they're they're very uh kind of they know they know they're not in that much danger they're um, alpha yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and so these guys i mean it's like and i'm sure they cut out you know the editing guy i'm sure does a lot of cutting <laughs> in between <laughs> i'm sure sets and stuff like that <laughs> you know he's probably got a full-time job there <laughs> but you know it's funny because they can use like these huge light bars and, and just light up this field and the coyotes just sometimes don't tend to care um and, yeah there's and, some crazy regs too down south like i know there's like yeah. three different states that you can shoot from vehicles with right, your yeah. running. I, like texas is one of them yep yep they use white light use night vision stuff. yeah uh, infrared and all that jazz which um, is not not a legal means of harvesting here unfortunately um <laughs> i really I, wish i, I think I, it's, I understand why that's a rule because they're not pests here. They're, they're, we don't have the numbers of coyotes that they do in like Kansas and Nebraska mm-hmm. and whatnot. But like, man, it looks like so much fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, we could always take some, use some Alaska air miles and go. There we go. Right, we right. get it out of We're the system. Have to, do, have to do that at some point. I'm, I'm game. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, but kind of, kind of along that line. Um, so you'd mentioned there's a lot of different species up here to, to hunt. There you, is. You've got cats and different kinds of dogs and you know and yeah and, um in a lot of these videos that we're talking about now you know the, the lower 48 videos they're they're usually in areas where like coyotes are the primary predator right yeah. coyote they're they're, Bob, they're bobcats bobcats things like that they're going after the the fawns from the deer they're going after people's chickens in their farms they're going after all this different stuff and i mean they can they do a lot more damage than just that oh yeah um, but you know they're not as uh, not they don't seem as skittish. I'll just say that they don't they don't seem to care that much. Um, they can be very skittish. I mean, it, it, you watch some of those videos, and they really prove that it does take some coaxing to get them in sometimes. Oh yeah, um, especially in areas they get called a lot. They get pretty smart. Um, but talk about talk about the difference in your experience from like that style down there, where they're very prevalent and they're very as you put alpha, you know, in their range mm-hmm. um, to up here and kind of why. Like what, what's the behavioral differences that, you, that you've noticed? I, I think down there, there's less, less competition mm-hmm. and there's fewer species. Yeah. So they're much more comfortable. Like a coyote's going to be kind of the, the top dog in mm-hmm. the lower 48, right? Right. You got the occasional elusive mountain lion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got cougars and you got bobcats, but coyotes are pretty sly. Yeah. They kind of rule the roost, right? So yeah. here, not so much. Like, um, we've talked about before how they're, they're really vocal down South. You hear them the same time every day. They're Mm -hmm. creatures of habit, right? And here they don't seem to be so much so, right? Um, because they kind of have to, they kind of have to put a constant spin on their, their activity to Mm -hmm. avoid a wolf or a coyote's not going to sit out there and just belt out howls and then <laughs> yeah. uh, and it, so that every wolf in the mm-hmm. in the region knows he's there right right yeah so there's you have competition and there's there's a concern for survivability too right mm-hmm. because yeah you're just not the the top predator yeah so, well and, and that and, amazed me when i moved first moved up here was was i would see coyotes running around every once in a while mm-hmm. but nowhere near as much as as other places i've lived um 
and they're not vocal at all. Like, and they can be. I mean, they do make noise. I'm not going to say they it don't. It depends like, on where you're at in the state. They, yeah. There is places where they are, they're pretty vocal, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely not to the extent that you, like where you and I are from down south and right, we're used yeah. to that. I like back home. I mean, they're, you see them every day. They're almost like house pets, right? Yeah. It's like the neighbor's dog. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, and yeah, I mean, it's the, the idea really of shooting them. There's not even that excited, but mm-hmm. exciting. But here, I mean, it's a little different because they're a little more elusive. They're, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're a little more valuable. Right. Um, it's yeah. It's a, it's a prize, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so what's the, uh, what would you, if you, if you had to guesstimate like the success rate, like predator hunting up here like if, if you were to go set 10 stands right like go go dedicate like a four-day weekend eh, you really probably don't need a four-day weekend to do 10 stands but let's just however much time you need to go to run 10 stands what would you say is the percentage that you'll actually like connect uh, i think that's in, all in alaska it, it's kind of hard to put a number on that but i think that's all dependent upon where we're at in the cycles mm-hmm. right so um like when you're starting to have a cycle fall off mm-hmm. and you, so, so say that you have a species that, uh, that's at its peak number wise, right? Yeah. Um, your food is going to become more scarce. Right. So in turn, predators are going to be much more receptive right. to predator calling. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is where you see a, guy, a lot of guys get a, like have very high success rates. And, and just for clarification to, to the listeners, you're talking about the population cycles, correct? So, yes. So as, one like let's say as the the predator population drops due to starvation or or weather conditions whatever might cause their population to go down the prey population comes up yep and then so they get in their high cycle and then and, and then, then the food turn, is and it's and, and it's, it's everything is based off cycles like that yeah yep. and it varies there's different time frames people put different time stamps at some some parts some parts of the state people will say that's six years mm-hmm. eight years there's, I've heard a lot of different yeah. opinions on how, what those cycles look like. Right. Um, you know, if you're, if you've had like a, a, a dump in population, mm-hmm. you're, it's going to be much harder to call, to call critters in. Right. right yeah. But if you're, so it always seems like the, the last two years before you have that, those numbers fall off mm-hmm. have always seemed to be the most successful. Yeah, You're, they're the most receptive. Like you know, like we're talking about, prey is scarce. Right, mm-hmm. they're and, they're hungry. I mean, yeah. that's and you can put up some good numbers. Mm-hmm. And and even in that, even with like ideal conditions like that, right? Yeah, you're still. It can be very. It can be very difficult. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can be very unproductive. <laughs> and uh, it, you could really be let down. And you know, but um, the, the the love of the game plays plays a big role. <laughs> Like being able to stay dedicated to yeah it, and that's where know. like you know you run a trap line or something and stuff's marinating around the clock right mm-hmm. like you're in bed those traps are working right and right yeah and you're kind of habituating those animals to you doing your thing and you're mm-hmm. catching them off guard whereas you can only put so many stands in in a day right right yeah. and yep. you got work and you got things to do Mm-hmm. So it's, it's tough. It can be tough, but it's really fun too. Yeah. And it's, it's rewarding when mm-hmm. it, when it all goes, comes together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so those cycles you were talking about, um, that's probably something that's not going to be, I guess uh, this is not a word, but I'm going to use it as a word researchable. Um, like 
there, there's probably not like a outside of like real world experience getting out there and, and talking to people who have been out there and, and doing stuff. I mean, so for somebody who's trying to do just that, like, like to get out there, what's, I guess you had mentioned different times of year, different times of, of, of the season, I guess. Right. Um, dive into that as far as like what, uh, what's the best time to be heading out there? I know the season opens on November 1st. In most places. That's so, not, again, everybody read your regulation books. <laughs> Make sure you know that right, for a fact right. in your unit, in your area. Yeah, and for it the does animal vary. you're pursuing because yep. that, that's a big thing with the state of Alaska is like some areas, lynx will open on one day, but fox might not open for a little bit later. And then... Um, as with closures. And as with closures, some yeah. things will close a lot sooner than other mm-hmm. things. So make sure, you know, you, you're not just going to shoot whatever runs into your stand at all times. Yeah. And so like, there's a lot of, there's certain, so even under a hunting license, right? You can, you can harvest coyotes. Um, like me personally, mm-hmm. I don't want to harvest a coyote in July while I'm out on a fishing trip <laughs> right. that I could harvest when, when he's prime in right. the middle of January. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and I, I see kind of people, people get pretty gung-ho. They're like, oh, I can hunt coyotes all year round. And the, the other thing, you hear a lot of guys like down lower 48, they, they're like, well, coyotes aren't worth anything. Well, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're not these coyotes. And these right. coyotes are pretty high-quality coyotes. I mean. Yeah. Well, they got to have a lot better, better hides up here. Yeah. I mean, and we, just get better, we just get better fur here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of guys have this idea that, well, the general market's low and if they're not worth anything but they are and mm-hmm. and then the other thing too is it doesn't really matter what the worth is they're, they're just quality overall and right yeah, yeah. a lot of time you keep them for wall hangers or you gift them and mm-hmm. it's you, you know you just want to get good fur yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna harvest an animal get it in its prime right right so, yeah um so when you look at the uh fur auction numbers um for for a given year and it's been a few years since i've looked at them but there's always like this price range like the low you know the low range pelt sold for this, the mid range sold for this, and the high range sold for this. Right. That high range coming from interior Alaska mo- it, for the most part. Yes. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there's some Canada. Or maybe. north of. Right, right. It, it, those are the northern areas, right? There's a lot higher quality pelts up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one year muskrat we're selling for like, oh, that's not predator calling, but like they were selling for like 50 bucks a pelt. Yeah. Really? Which was insane. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when Martin were like 90 bucks a piece. We were selling yeah. them for like 10 bucks a pelt that in thinking we were getting a sweet deal and then we yeah. saw <laughs> yeah because like we've probably got some of the best muskrat that we're trapping around here that are going to be in that market sure and they saw so the high high prices were up in the 50s which yeah. is just insane for you know it's a little pelt it's not even a foot long unless right. you know we i mean some of those fat muskrats can be anyhow well, and, and the fur fur market is probably the only thing that's more volatile than the stock market honestly <laughs> just honestly depending on style and fashion political stances and things like that it's just that year china was buying a ton of fur for their military or something like that well it it depends on yeah military and then there's like the the like canada goose whether they're using real real coyote or real wolf or real you know furs for there was like a real a real spike in price like i i did i made out pretty well when that was a thing yeah Um, i remember that it was a few years ago yeah Yeah. it it, it was unreal i mean (laughs) coyotes were going for a pretty penny you know (laughs) right yeah yeah. Well, and, and yeah, even like prices, you know, skyrocket and then bottom out, just depending on the political 
yeah you know, and you kind of use like a uh, price of fuel also i've watched noticed dictates that like oh really yeah the global price of fuel usually kind of dictates that makes uh, sense. for value yeah. and mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know what really that pertains to i don't know if that's like fuel is more expensive in certain countries and people yeah. resort to f- wearing fur more right, right. Or whatever i don't know if that you know and that's just a, a theory but i've noticed that mm-hmm. with the uh, cycles of you know for you know g- game game prospers so the predators prosper and then once the predators are too high the the, uh, the game dies off and the predators die off because there's not enough food mm-hmm. um with that cycle do you change your calling tactics or the kind of calls you use uh, you know when the cycle when, when you're at a good spot for calling versus you know when there's lots of game i i think like so i think when you're you're really hitting it at like prime time when mm-hmm. it's sort t- towards the end of when that cycle is going to drop off. Right. I'm more, I, things are pretty like steady pace. Mm-hmm. So I'm more running and gunning. Okay. Right? Yeah. I don't, like, I don't consume the time and the energy on, on stand. Um, it, I will move a lot. Okay. Now when the numbers are lower, I'm going to consume a little more time mm-hmm. on a spot. Uh, and then that's just my tactic. Um, it, it, you're just you're gonna put a little more effort in knowing that your numbers your your yeah. chances of success are lower mm-hmm. um i think when you got a lot of food running around a lot of critters running around if you don't get a response you know Move you're on. a little more apt to pack up and go right, yeah. right. And, and when things are scarce you know if you haven't cut a if you haven't cut a set of tracks in a month and all of a sudden you see a set of tracks you might spend a little more time right, on that right? yeah that's i mean you're gonna put your effort where it's worth it so yep and that's just my perspective okay yeah no that's absolutely true um and and kind of just to wrap up on the on the fur thing um when you're you know like you had said a lot of times it doesn't matter what the what the market's doing you know if, if you're if you're predator hunting for the passion of predator hunting you know yeah. a, a lot of people aren't predator hunting to sell to fur markets. You know, that's not like the primary way of, of doing that. No. But the like you said with wall hangers, it's a great way to, you know, kind of keep that memory, keep that that memorabilia. Um, but the other cool thing is a lot of this fur, you know, like you had just said, Mo, I mean, a lot of the stuff we have up here especially is, is mm-hmm. high quality stuff. It really and, is. And there's people in in any of these these population bases, whether you're in Anchorage or Fairbanks or, or wherever there's a, a decent sized town um, that work with that fur. And, and yeah. you can find people that can make you things if, if you don't want to just hang it up on the wall and let it, you mm-hmm. know, and look at it. But if you've got a, you know, nice fur, I mean, you can, yeah. you can trim a coat out with that. You can, you know, make some gloves with that. You can do all kinds of stuff. That's cool. You know I mean? I'm sure it, it's pretty rewarding to see somebody and you know, everyone's not into it, right? Like we are, yeah. but yeah. it's really neat to see somebody's face light up when you hand them a, a tanned fur and they, I right. mean, that's, <laughs> a, you know, that's uh you're not going to go buy that at Walmart to hand to somebody for a birthday gift, right? Exactly. I mean, you put right. time into that. And yeah. It's a little more personal, I think. It's yeah, cool. absolutely. It's just a cool thing. Absolutely. You know. Um, well, hey, let's take a break real quick, and then I want to dive into stands. Right on. All right, folks. We all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and action securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. 
They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to StealthyHunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA. All right, so that was a lot about why to predator hunt and when to predator hunt. I want to dive in like nitty gritty style down to like the details of what it looks like to make a predator hunt, right? So okay. we, we, we've used that term a lot um, in this episode and I think the last one with you as well. I don't think we dove super in depth into like what that looks like though. Um, so you've mentioned some times that you would want to go out you know, obviously, you're tracking the moon phases, tracking uh, all this, uh, all these other features, right? Um, the cycles and whatnot. But so, if somebody's looking to go out and, and let's say go into like the differences too of like uh, species specific stands too. Um, so, if there's any differences in the way you would set up, but like, what are you, when you're going out? Let's say you leave your house, right. you're heading out. Okay, what are you looking for? What, what, what is, what are you setting out to do like step by step? Like what, what would that look like? Well, you always have your idealistic thought of what something should look like. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but versus reality some, versus reality. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but we have like, we have some pretty harsh terrain. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of like geographical changes, mm-hmm. uh, pretty sudden oh, in yeah. this state and animals. Uh, I mean, they adapt to that too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like say you think in terms of I, I'm going to go look for lynx in thick cover. Yeah. Well, like north of the Brooks Range, when things start flattening out, I mean, people see pilots see lynx all the time in open in open terrain, right? Right. right. So, and yeah. that's very that's like totally against the grain. But animals are gonna they're gonna get outside of what they're what they're comfortable mm-hmm. in to find food. Yeah. And especially depending on like what that what the scarcity is like or availability is like. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't really know that there's a right or a wrong way to go. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, like, you know, cats are always going to be kind of, you're going to want to target thicker stuff kind of by that. Everyone always says target thicker. Yeah. Thicker that's cover. like the general rule of thumb. And yeah. you have a lot of guys say like, Oh, well, uh, links won't expose themselves in open areas. And we've had links come across, 1500 yard clearings wow. on a string yeah wow. um all the way to 10 yards and get shot mm-hmm. and you know i mean it, and everything pesters them ravens will be pecking them on the way in and i mean really? it, well, yeah and you know i don't know if you guys are like ravens seem to pester everything <laughs> they yeah. really yeah, do they, I mean, they, really they pester do. wolves and they'll fly mm-hmm. just like you know a couple <laughs> feet above overhead and just bug it every mm-hmm. every predator animal and like, like I go mean, kill something. <laughs> it, yeah, go kill something for us. Um, but they are they are very dependent on like predator success, right? Mm-hmm. Right for, yeah. for their own survival. And so, like, I, that's one thing. I don't really think there's a right or wrong way to look at mm-hmm. the terrain for what you're doing. Gotcha. And the other thing too is you never really know what you're what's going to show up. Mm-hmm. So, like. I would say for a new guy, I wouldn't really focus so much on, I think you can get really caught up in the idea of what, like the picture perfect stand. Right. right yeah. I, I would say more, 
um, I always reference this to like just like trapping set and steal. Mm-hmm. Like, so you go out with a dozen traps, right? It's it's a long, long day to set a dozen traps. Yeah. And people don't get that. Like, if you're really gonna spread your gear out and you're gonna and you're gonna right. optimize your use of those 12 traps, right? It's gonna take you all day to spread 12 traps. Unless you're like a really seasoned guy, you got a pattern. Right. Even then, a, a like a a guy that's been at it for a long time is gonna tell you, hey, when you're starting out, it's gonna be pretty hard for you to spread 12 pieces of steel in a day. And you're gonna be like, what? That's <laughs> right. But yeah. setting up stands is that way too. Because you're you have limited daylight, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you're just, you're contending with all these things. You're it, you would you'd be amazed, and you guys know this because you guys have done a fair bit of calling. Yeah, but you, it people would be amazed at how much time you consume getting out of the truck. If you got to right. get snowshoes on, mm-hmm. which is most of the time you got to do that, gathering your gear, something's fogging up, your gloves are icing up, whatever. Yeah, that comes down to like carrying spare gear and stuff. Um, minimizing time wasted, right? Mm-hmm. More time in the field. Yeah. And like your gear, your kit. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I, I don't really know for a, a new guy that's getting into it that I would really focus a lot on where, where to go mm-hmm. as much as just get out and go. Yeah. Go find a spot and then optimize from there. Well, and yeah. the other thing too is, is like every area is going to be different. You're going to mm-hmm. have different population densities. You're going to have different, you might go, We've sat down on spots to call fox because we saw fox sign and called in packs of wolves with yeah. twenty two mags in our laps, right? <laughs> like you, ne- you just don't know what's where, when, yeah. And so, and because of all this, like you know, the the broad opportunity of of species, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would say the the bigger picture is just getting out, yeah. And don't be so you can really get hung up, like in. There's great resources like map, you know, different map apps, mm-hmm. on X, right, all this stuff. Yeah. And I see guys do it with like big game stuff. Is that people consume all, more time planning than they do oh, spending time in the field. Absolutely. And I would say it's for like a new guy, like uh, don't over a new guy or new gal, don't mm-hmm. overthink it. Just go mm-hmm. go get in the field. Yeah. And you're gonna pick up on what's going on in your area. Mm-hmm. And that, like you can never really kind of you can never really dictate what what's going to be where right i yeah. mean it's alaska's so random mm-hmm. like that i mean it, it's like you try to call coyotes yeah. you call lynx in you right. try to call lynx in you call coyote in. you right. call fox in i mean it you never know what's going to happen yep. i would just i wouldn't focus so much on that starting out um if you either you really have like your heart set on if you really have your heart set on shooting a certain thing, mm-hmm. like maybe go so kind of resort to like, um, like I was talking earlier about some of these books that I started out with, mm-hmm. yeah, like um, um, hunting the predators, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's a it's a book written by a guy that, he, you know, he kind of was one of the one of the innovators of predator hunting in Alaska, yeah. and that's a yeah you can find it like on Amazon, the Alaska, um, the um. Alaska Trappers Handbook mm, is another yeah. good one too, because a lot of that stuff cross references to where an, where animals are going to be hanging out and right. species. All that, like every um, every section of that book, is going to give you a layout on where to set up for what. Well, mm. you can use that same that same information to set up a, a stand, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and Absolutely. so those are really good resources for someone starting out. Mm-hmm. And or you can go like on uh, you know uh, social media and get a million 
answers. Yeah. And you know, but for somebody, so somebody, <laughs> let's say they're, they're hung up on whether they should be focusing on like ponds or, uh, frozen creeks or valley bottoms or ridge tops. I mean, so you're saying like, <coughs> don't focus too much on that. Focus on try each one. And I mean, see it, see what produces, see what happens. Yeah, like, just, see, just get, see, see get what with. happens. You're you're gonna discover early on that it's very hard to even get get a few stands in in a day with, oh, the, yeah. with the amount of daylight that you're afforded. Mm-hmm. And I, like I would say, pick any if you have any like general hunting knowledge, mm-hmm. use that. Read some of these, use some of these resources, mm-hmm. and just go and go at it. Of course, like thicker cover. Um, you know, if you see, if there's hairs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and you're going to, in thicker cover, you might have, um, you might have high Fox numbers, yeah. right. links numbers, open country. Um, you might be looking at, you know, wolves mm-hmm. in there and they're sporadic too. Yeah. Sometimes they like to run in that thick boreal stuff. Mm-hmm. Other times they'll get on ridge tops mm-hmm. and where they can see and they have a good, a good vantage point and, right. and you know, the advantage of altitude to right. see down and, you know, caribou moose and they'll run those ridge tops and then you mm-hmm. got to be on those ridge tops and class in it i you know but there again they run through the tight stuff they yeah. you know they they're all over mm-hmm. um so so once you get um let's just say this and, I, and i'm I'm going to pass on all these questions off to you because, I mean, people can hear us talk whenever they want. Right. Um, but <laughs> you're only here for today. <laughs> um, so once you get, you, you figured out kind of where you want to go, right? Whether it's, whether it's a pond or, or a creek or a valley bottom, whatever it is. Like right. wh- wherever you're going to head. You make a plan. You head out there. You had mentioned, you know, getting your gear ready and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you obviously want to optimize your time. Mm-hmm. Have your pack ready ready to roll basically so you can just get out of the truck grab your pack put your snowshoes on grab your rifle yep. roll um but what are you what's that next step of the setup look like you're snowshoeing out so like um, one one thing i kind of want to like if i can backtrack yes a absolutely so absolutely. like another thing too that um and i hear a lot of people give this advice mm-hmm. and it's the more time you spend so you you'll call an animal in mm-hmm. you'll you'll shoot it you'll have you'll be successful now a lot of guys they'll like celebrate they get all pumped they pick their kill up they're out of there mm-hmm. S- slow down walk out there and assess things and a lot of times what you'll know is we get <laughs> what you'll notice is we get these different we get these freeze thaw cycles mm-hmm. we get wind uh, like I've noticed that I don't know if you guys have noticed this wind is much more prevalent. It's these picking days. up a lot it's more. Like, these it's last more few windy years. than it used to be. Right? Oh yeah. Well, that gives you that like top crust. Mm-hmm. And I see all the time where you don't really have sign. Mm, yeah. Right. Uh, and everyone's like set up on sign, set up on sign. Mm-hmm. So well, it like yeah. But I mean. If you've got a hard crust on top of that snow, though, I mean, a fox can walk across it and never leave a mark. Well, yeah, and I mean, and I'm and I when I started kind of trying to school myself on some of this, I'd mm-hmm. walk around and I'd look at stuff and I'm like, that thing didn't even leave any any tracks, yeah. no sign. <clears throat> and Yo. and you'll like you look at cats; they're built to float, right? Right. Cats, they hardly, I mean, there's they hardly ever leave tracks mm-hmm. unless you have like a fresh snow, right? And right. you're out there right when, before that snow's mm-hmm. been manipulated by the you know warming or thawing or freezing or wind so i wouldn't i wouldn't rely so much on that yeah 
and the other thing too, you're kind of on a wild goose chase. What are you, are you spending time calling or are you spending time looking for sign? Right. Yeah. And that's a good point. I, I mean, I've, I have a lot of times, a lot of places I call where I have, there's no sign. Mm-hmm. And then I think I mentioned like in episode 21, we kind of glanced over it real quick, but, um, you see people put like, they'll ask questions, uh, you know, on these, these, um, forums and stuff right what do i what do i set up on well i won't you know and you get these guys on there they're like i won't set up on um areas that i don't see sign Mm -hmm. well okay maybe maybe you don't see sign where you're at but -hmm. there could be a thoroughfare or creek or a slough or something that's just out of sight yeah that those animals are utilizing for travel right and they're going to break path. They're going to break course. If they're hungry or interested, mm-hmm. they're going to break course to come to you. Absolutely. And maybe they don't frequent that area where you're sitting off the, you know, a couple hundred yards off the road or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they they will come and inve- investigate. Yeah. As, then, as they're passing by anyways. E- yeah. Yep. And the other thing too is, like I say, we've seen, I've seen links come from 1500 yards off. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're talking like almost a mile where they're a dot. You get all excited. You think it's a wolf or something and it's a cat, right? And it's just like <laughs> covering ground. I mean, massive. And if they're hungry, they're going to do what they need to do to eat. Yeah. Right? I mean, even if they can get a scrap of whatever that is and something else is mauling that prey <laughs> animal, they're going to, they're going to come get their fills oh, to yeah. keep moving. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then if you're going to target coyotes and stuff like that, coyotes post hole a lot. Mm-hmm. They are yeah. not built for deep snow. Right. And so I've, I've kind of mentioned in the past, like, <clears throat> um, I'll try to get a lot of my coyotes prime up pretty early. Okay, I feel yeah. like that's been my experience. Like end of mid November, end of November, mm-hmm. they're pretty furred up. Like, and the fur, you know, the fur quality can fluctuate based right. on like where, you know, mm-hmm. where they're, where they're traveling. But, mm-hmm. um, I'll start hunting coyotes early because they, they can move. Yeah. They can cover a lot of ground and coyotes will cover a lot of ground to get to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what's, that's fun. Right. And, uh, it, that can be productive, but then you start getting some of this really deep snow that we get <clears throat> and they're very limited. So they'll, they'll stick to, um, windblown peaks right low like low bottoms river bottoms mm-hmm. icy areas places where they can they'll you know they'll run river bottoms and they'll just get right up out of the way in the tree line and bed down mm-hmm. and then they're, they're kind of like wolves they'll get back down there they'll stay tight to those trees or they'll cross mm-hmm. <clears throat> but they're always kind of they're where they can travel right and and they it's, they're coyotes, not gonna make it harder on themselves coyotes are yeah. very adaptable but they're they do not travel well in the snow <laughs> and I mean, I've uh, then on and on that same note, I've watched mm-hmm. coyotes come from a long way off, and it's almost like cool. You almost don't even want to shoot them. You're like, this thing's working so hard to get to me. <laughs> and I mean, it's like you know, it's like a it's like a big guy walking through a bunch of deep snow with no snowshoes on. Yeah, it's hilarious, yeah. you know. But <laughs> but I wouldn't. I think like starting out, I wouldn't focus so much on that. I would just mm-hmm. go go put time in and <clears throat> um and then the you know if you're gonna study maps or anything like that or any of those kind of resources like. Try to see what's beyond where you're calling. Yeah, and what's around that tree. Maybe line. not so much focus on what you what what you see immediately, but like, okay, there's I know there's a slew back there, mm-hmm. and there's a the off chance that I'm going to sit here, I'm going to set a stand up, and there's going to be something moving or bedded down. Yeah, and it's I'm close enough, and this is it sounds enticing enough that that thing's going to put the energy into getting to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
you know, and there's like I always say, there's many schools of thought on this. Oh yeah, and and you know, well, I'm always learning. <laughs> I'm always learning too. I mean, that's you know, every time I think I have it figured out, I like I come home and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that was like that, right? <laughs> yeah, but, right. I mean, well, and that's you can ask anybody I talk to. That, that's like the biggest reason I like hunting in general. Yeah, I mean, for anything is yeah. because you never know it all. Yeah, every, you can you can tag out on bears every every spring season yep. every, every baiting season you tag out and somebody's going to give you a piece of advice at some point yep. that's just going to yes make it even better um yeah. you know you're, you've never peaked out and anybody that thinks they've peaked out is just limiting themselves I on that learning it's like you and i moose hunting and learning yeah. stuff from you yeah uh, like i mean that's not my that's not my area of expertise and mm-hmm. that, like I, I man every time like you know i go out with a guy that knows more than me i'm i mean i'm stoked oh, absolutely 100%. um and, and that's all great points because i think the location really is the big hang up for a lot of people a lot of people like you said they just get hung up on where to go and and, and they think that ah this spot's not worth it this isn't worth it and i'm just They'll drive somewhere, not see sign, and then they go home feeling defeated without even ever trying. I, I think <laughs> I've so you know when you take like you so like I I, I did this to a buddy of mine. We went mm-hmm. we went pre- we we put a, a couple days aside to go predator calling. He's new to predator calling. Mm-hmm. This is last year, and I kind of felt bad because I wanted to like I I wanted him to pick where we were going to oh, go. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And of course, right away he's just like, dude, like where where do we stop? Where do mm-hmm. we stop? And so. I, we got hung up on, so hung up on that like where do we stop thing yep and uh i think it was kind of like a deterrent <laughs> right and the thing is is just just pick a spot and go for it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely and you find a lot of like you find a lot of places like that too mm-hmm. i mean that will produce time and time again because that's the other thing you're in a spot where there is a, a path of travel right or a, maybe a high food source mm-hmm. in that area mm-hmm. or all the right things and the only way to find those those places is to to go to go pound stands right. in. That's yep. it. And, and 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 the second part to that is if you were just going to drive right past it, a lot of other people probably will. You you'll probably be in there all by yourself. So well, and the other thing, and that's the thing is go <laughs> go all the places that don't that you aren't perfect mm-hmm. because those are like you're saying those are all the places other guys are right. And I yeah. see all these guys that are like. Oh well, yeah. I like. To, I gotta sit here. Or uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's this. There, I hear guys all the time. Oh, dude, I was. We were out. We were out machining, mm-hmm. and I found this pond. Like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, well, that's. I mean, they don't just hang out on ponds, right? <laughs> like, right, right, right. You know, and it's like, okay, that's great, and that sure, that gives you a good vantage point, and a good mm-hmm. field of view. But that's not. That's not all. Well, all that, right? You and I were talking about <clears throat> this. I don't remember if it was last week or a couple weeks ago now, but. It, it was in reference to something else, but it's like people get hung up on what they think the animal wants. Yes. Like yep. you're, you're going where you think the animal should mm-hmm. be, yeah. not actually yeah. where the animal is. Like, and that applies to everything from moose. Like, oh, if I was a moose, I'd be here. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean yeah, the real right. moose is going to be there. Or like uh, we talked about bear baiting earlier this year or earlier this week. Um, you go in there and you spray. Oh, well, I like the way this smells. Mm-hmm. do you know if the bears like the way it smells? Cause right. you're not baiting yourself. Like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, like, yeah. Finding where they actual, where the animals actually are, not where you think they're going to be or where you would want them to be because it's easy to get to or anything like that. Yeah. And I would say like, um, just, just, t- just chance it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's What's not the worst that happens. Yeah, th- like, this is not like you're on like the uh, the hunt of a lifetime for like a big game animal, right? Like, right. It's okay if you mess up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's low it's, stress. <laughs> well, and then the other thing too is like it, the other half the time you'll be doing something something that makes no sense, mm-hmm. or or you're slacking. Yeah. Or you're, or you're just your your spirits kind of beat out of you. You're like, mm-hmm. man, this is really not been all it was chalked up to be and all of a sudden something runs in on you mm-hmm. and then you know and then half the time you forget what you were doing <laughs> when that happened right yeah so there's no that's what's so cool like i don't know i have buddies and stuff so they're like hey man what i like do do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. it's cool i mean there's some things sure there's some like criteria some base criteria we should all like follow because mm-hmm. i mean you, you want right. to do some things that make sense but right you, so what like trial and error <laughs> All right. Well, let's, so let's get into into that next part there. So you're leaving the truck. You go down to make your stand. What are some things to focus on that you you have found to be very important during the setup of your stand? Um, so uh, you're snowshoeing in. Yep. What's your next step? Um. So do, are we like getting? Like you're talking like equipment or like no like, like well kind of so like um, <clears throat> setting up your call. Um, if you're, if you're using an e-call so, or something like that, so and, something and I would say like making noise, like, so it, it, these, these animals are sound sense, can be sound sensitive. Yeah. And they also cannot be sound sensitive, right? Like, I mean, okay. animals are very adaptive to, you know, the environment. Mm, yep. And yeah. they habituate to human behavior, mm-hmm. behavior very easily. Right. I mean, and so like. They're used to passing cars. They're used to snow machines. Mm-hmm. You know, you go out to like, right. um, you go out to some of these popular places to ride snow machines, right? Where people really throttle on it on the weekends, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's out there. You see all these trailers and, t- and pullouts. And you're riding in these big open spaces and you see all these critter tracks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, it's because, yeah. They're used to this stuff. Yep. And so, <clears throat> um, like one thing I see a lot of guys doing when they start out, they spend way too much time with the truck. Mm, yeah way too much and like uh i i park the truck i'm gone mm-hmm. like i got a buddy carl my buddy carl and i <laughs> we hunt we hunt a lot yeah and him and i we are in a rhythm where we spend zero time at the truck yeah i mean it's yeah. and we we've gotten it down to where like well we hop out of the truck he gets he's got his snowshoes on his side mm-hmm. i got mine on my side we slip everything over they like and you can be as meticulous as you want to be about this or whatever. Some may, you might not think any of this stuff matters and you do it, put your spin on it. But yeah. what we like to do is like, we're going to hike in from the truck, have everything on the ready. Yeah. And so what we'll do is, is we'll have everything set up where we're going to make the least amount of noise. Mm-hmm. And this is, here's the other thing. Don't drop your snowshoes, like on a paved road, <laughs> yeah. slam all your gear down. Yeah. Walk over to the berm, set your stuff up on the soft snow. Get, get situated quietly mm-hmm. and like take your time too. And then I, you see guys that smoke cigarette, they're rapping the whole time, walking in, talking. I mean, it's like any other thing you do, right? Like yeah. Moose uh, guys, moose hunting. Mm-hmm. You watch guys, they just talk a bunch and they got, they got the stereo going on the boat and they're like, we didn't see anything. It's like, <laughs> well, really? Well, no kidding. Well, yeah. and, and you know, and then you have, you got guys that talk in bear baits. Now I've mm-hmm. done it. Yeah, and you got bears walking in because they could care less. You're right. sitting there ripping wrappers open, and 
I mean, I've been on the phone with my wife in a bait station, and I <laughs> and I the bears come running in, right? Like I got a bar. I say I'm going to call my wife. This is I'm not really having a very fun night. Like I, I you know, I want to complain to her. And next thing I, I'm like, I gotta go. There's a bear underneath me, right? Like I don't know. But, so like situate things where it there there it's the most efficient, right? Yeah. Like um, and I I like you see you see people when they're starting out, they spend so much time at the truck, mm. like latch latch your doors don't mm. slam your doors yeah right? that's a big one that's a very big one and bring in like just try to be as efficient as possible in leaving the truck to go start going into your stand yeah have your have all your gear packed up have everything accessible um you know that that would be my thing mm-hmm. get get snowshoes and it's the same thing like everything else mm-hmm. practice with your gear in the off season don't learn your gear in the field yeah like it, learn your gear in your yard mm-hmm. like right, put your right, snowshoes right. on you might get a set of snowshoes or like try some buddies and stuff i see a lot of guys where they have these like like binding contraptions mm-hmm. they're spending so much time getting in these things so much time getting out of them and it's just it's burning your time you're making yeah. it you're wearing yourself out you have all mm-hmm. this stuff on to stay warm right mm-hmm. these are like these are big things i yeah. feel like these are the bigger the bigger oh yeah pieces I mean, yeah, to the puzzle because you can do everything else right but if you're slamming your doors and and raking your your snowshoes across the asphalt and and yep crunching yeah. crunching around talking walking in as as you so put it smelling like marlboro reds and old spice that's yeah oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you know then uh, yeah you could do everything else right and and you might not produce and some like, guys are like you know some people are like i'm just going after cats mm-hmm. and cats are a little less leery right you can you can get away with a lot with links right. they're pretty well you well you can and you can't right mm-hmm. they're not so like um scent sensitive yeah and it's not that they can't smell they just don't use that as a like an early warning system like right. a canine does right yeah yeah um but they're very sound oriented and so like and you i don't know some guys you they think you can get away with a little more with cats or mm-hmm. than you can with canines i when i'm really being serious and i I really want to try to be successful i'm always trying to like be make sure i'm no scent mm-hmm. i'll try to descent stuff we've talked about that yeah like, my, my biggest thing i've always i've always experienced with cats and and, and heard everybody talk about is movement yeah is they're very keen on sight yep not so much smell like canines but they will see you yep and and if you're out there you know let's say you you get out there you set your your call up in front of you and you, you kick back in the snow bank you put your your stealthy hunter uh uh blasting blasting pad. pad underneath you so you stay you're, warm your your hind end isn't getting all wet in the yeah. snow and uh you are just sitting there playing around with stuff and moving stuff around and getting into your backpack mm-hmm. and, and, and you know you're, you're just you're constantly let's say you're using binoculars and, and you're raising your binoculars to your face and putting them back down and raising them back up and putting them back down that's gonna throw a you, cat you out. know and so many times before i've even gotten started mm-hmm. i'm doing all those things you're talking about like right and, yeah and i look up and something's leaving you're right <laughs> i'm not even calling yet <laughs> like I'm, oh, this looks like a hot spot, right? And then you're like, you look up. I mean, I've looked up before, and I'm doing all this stuff. Like, all right, I'm dipping into like a Reese's packet, and like I'm looking <laughs> at my phone, and I'm like, and I look up, and this cat's walking off, like looking looking over his shoulder, right? Uh-huh. Like, I mean, a lot of the time, a lot of the time, stuff's there, mm-hmm. and and this is like where you slam doors and you do all this stuff, and y- you know, uh, it's 
they're already they already have that alert right yeah yeah, they, yeah at that point you've lost the element of surprise i have a buddy lost. that's pretty that's a real stickler about this stuff that mm-hmm. schooled me on a lot of like critiqued a lot of my bad habits and he, he's helped me a lot um, yeah one of my mentors and he's like you know he's like you get out and you slam the door just get back in and leave <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't know that i'm that extreme about it i mean it can be really frustrating if you're like with somebody they do that but uh and I've done, and I've made some bad mistakes like that with noise and things mm-hmm. like that, and like, and still been successful. But why not? Your your odds are already very pretty limited, right? Mm-hmm. And your success rates are low. Yeah. So why not put all the odds in your favor? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And you don't know. Okay, so you're trying to call cats, and you you smell like Marlboro Reds and Old Spice, right? <laughs> and you got a and a dog comes running in yeah. of like. Th- three potential varieties right like mm-hmm. a wolf a coyote a fox and they, they smell you i mean that's like a that's a burned opportunity right 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 and maybe you're not that maybe you're not that um picky yeah. about your situation maybe, yeah you know what i mean but me i want to have all all the odds in my favor yeah personally. well the, the the success rate in alaska is already so much lower than you're going to experience yeah. In yeah, that's it. somewhere else you you kind of have to stack everything in your favor that you can that mm-hmm. is in your control to stack yeah um so do you uh you try to play the wind when you're setting up yeah i mean you you can and then i'm sure like you guys notice this it, you'll listen to these it, there again these like um bear baiting podcasts down mm-hmm. south mm-hmm. you know like uh set your tree stand up uh, you know according to prevailing wind mm-hmm. we don't really have like prevailing wind in a lot of areas in alaska <laughs> yeah. i mean like, yeah I like I remember when I started trying to do that when I was setting like bear bait stands, mm-hmm. like when I was learning, and I'm like, so where's the prevailing wind in here? Yeah, and you just have like swirling wind all night, and like <laughs> it's blowing one way one minute, and right. five minutes later it's in your face, then it's right. to your back. It's like okay, so we're like, right, you know, mm-hmm. um, of course you try to play the wind, and the other thing too is it's not like you're you're sitting there all day. So like if you can walk in and the, I know guys that will um they are such sticklers about this stuff and they're mm-hmm. successful too they will walk into a stand and if the wind's not right they won't even sit it and call it yeah and really? i mean that's a lot of people don't have that dis- i don't have that discipline sometimes right. but the thing is you blow it out yeah and so if, if now you can't come back later i mean yeah and um like in episode 21 i talked about this too like if you're calling um if you're calling a valley mm-hmm. figure out which way the wind's going before you because like people will just they'll hit the first spot they they land in the vehicle right they'll be like okay yeah let's work our way down the next uh 20 miles Mm -hmm. okay well if you're working a a river bottom Mm -hmm. and the wind's blowing where you're gonna end up yeah why not go where you're gonna end up and work your way back to where you started right yeah and that does matter oh yeah Mm -hmm. because because yeah (laughs) will carry 30 miles mm-hmm. i mean it will if you're in a river bottom what's where's that scent stop yeah i don't know you know right yeah <laughs> well and, and so in one that just reminded me of a, of a setup difference and I'll, I'll ask your preference on this um i think we covered a little bit of this in, in in that episode 21 but there's no problem with covering it again um setting your call up if you're using an electronic call far away from you or right up next to you and right. I, I think you would mentioned the, the the biggest thing to pay attention to if you're putting it far away from you is that you're not blowing out the area kind of yeah, as you just yeah. mentioned by doing that. yeah yeah 
And so it's always nice, at, it, it, like I think with any type of hunting, if you're working the wind, to have mm-hmm. some wind. Mm-hmm. And like still still air is can be bad too, right? right. Because mm-hmm. it's not dispersing your scent molecules. Right, it's right. It's not dissipating, right? Mm-hmm. But like um, there's times where if I have like where I just can't play the wind or I'm getting like a swirling wind, I won't put the call out very far. Yeah. Because keep it close. I'm already kind of losing, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you, you can, you can play it from that perspective, Mm -hmm. but, and the other thing too, if you're on a, like I talked about before, if you're on a big open spot, Mm -hmm. you don't want to go walk it. Cause that's, that goes back to that whole thing. You're like playing, digging in your gear, checking your phone, whatever. And something's walking away. You don't want to walk out and make a bunch of noise or disperse a bunch of scent and you you might and here's the other thing too like i've done this early on too gone out to set my my e-collar out and i got my rifle over there on my bipod and i look i look over to you know my left or something Mm -hmm. and and there's a wolf leaving (laughs) yeah and i'm like you gotta be kidding me and i've done this several times and so mm-hmm. it, you know, it's the whole thing. Like when you're in moose camp, where you go pee, take your rifle. Yep. Well, yeah. When you're <laughs> when you go to set your call out, yeah. go take your rifle and like and think about this when you're setting up because yeah. it's and it's all about how meticulous you want to be. Mm-hmm. And and like me, I, what I've learned is my my time is valuable. Like I'm a dad. I I got a yep. family. Right. Um. Like I got a full time job. Yeah. My time is very like limited. So yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to do everything I can. And that's that whole learning thing too. I mm-hmm. talk to, I'll talk to different people all the time and like, Hey, have you ever thought of this? I'm like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to write this down and consider this the mm-hmm. next time I go or. Yeah. And, and me personally, I'm going to put every odd in my favor. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. So speaking of time, let's, let's dive into that. Let's, let's, um, so there's, there's a, a pretty, I would say it's a, you, not, I guess universally understood was kind of a, a strong statement, but you know, a, a fox stand is going to be shorter than a cat stand, right? If you are targeting cats, typically people say to give them, you know, 45 minutes or something to work their way in. They move a little slower. They don't just blow in like a dog will. Um, if you're they, they, focusing they on, they can, but yeah, you're right. Like, right. In, in a more typical sense. I've had know? them come in like coyotes before. Right. Like, <laughs> not saying it can't happen, but, but yes, yeah. you do want to like, anticipate longer soak. Mm-hmm. For like fox or coyote or something like that. Some people will say even as short as 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. What, what's your, what's your experience say to that? What, what, what do you do as far as like, cause if, if you sit somewhere and let's say you don't see a coyote in 20 minutes, is it more worth your time to pick up? and go to an area where there might be coyotes and put another 20 minutes in there? Or do you extend that out a little bit more? Like what is your experience shown? So I guess there's like a couple ways you can play that. So if you're limited on daylight Mm -hmm. or whatever, and you're trying to optimize your use of time during ambient light, right? Yeah. Maybe you're already kind of on the tail end of a stand Mm -hmm. and you know, you're not going to make it to another one. Mm -hmm. And you might, maybe you're going to pick like a, okay spot or you're like man i've never really had success the next next place i'm going to go but it's an option like right maybe maybe sit that spot a little longer Mm -hmm. and the other thing is and the other what's your time worth Mm -hmm. what do you want to put into it yeah and i have buddies they refuse to sit longer than 30 minutes yeah and they kill stuff right right i've called coyotes in i i sat a spot one time for an hour and 25 minutes and shot two coyotes really well i mean yeah and i am i've never heard of that mm-hmm. that's a long time to just sit and marinate yeah, that is yeah. and i mean and i'm i'm not gonna lie like 
I got up and stretched a couple times. I was in some thick stuff, but like I'm, I, but I had, I had seen coyote sign mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to give it all I got. And the other thing, like night, night was falling. Yeah. And it, and we were on a full moon and that moon was kind of, that moon was coming up early, right? Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of transition period between daylight and moonlight. Right. It would be just because of where that moon phase was. Mm-hmm. And so I, I sat it and boom. Yeah. I've had cats come in like an hour and 10 minutes. Now, if I go home with a cat, am I going to be like regretful that I sat for an hour and 10 minutes? No, no. You know, I mean, right. Yeah. And exactly. I hear all these guys like, and there's times where I'm impatient. And I think that's the other thing too. You, <laughs> you'll, you'll wail on a predator. You're like impatient or you're, you're, you're just having a rough go and you're like wailing on the predator, predator call. You're not that enthusiastic about it. You're like can calling and you're just like, you're not into it. It's like anything, right? Like mm-hmm. you're going to put your all into it or you're just going to kind of like be half, you know, mm-hmm. half about it. Right. Yep. But it's how much energy you want to put into it mm-hmm. and like, what's, what's it worth? And some guys, it's not worth it to go sit out there that long. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't really know. So I think, um, like, like down South, I think a lot of people are of the mindset, you know, these guys will go into these coyote stands and stuff and mm-hmm. coyotes do show up pretty early if they're there. Right. I mean, yeah. you see these guys, like they'll shoot, they'll shoot a pair. And these things are coming back to back to back. And these guys yeah. are like walking around. Oh, I think I got one down over here. Oh, where'd the first one go? Where'd the second Yo. one go? Did you shoot this one? Oh, I think I shot that one. I mean, you just watch these guys just piling coyotes right. up on one stand, right? And it's yeah. like, they've been there for like 15 minutes. Um, here, I, I like to put a little extra time in. Mm-hmm. And it's diff- yeah. it can be difficult. It's Mm-hmm. It, right i mean it's uh <laughs> i get cold fast i'm one of those guys like i mean you know when we're hunting and stuff james you've you've seen me i'm always bundling up i'm like man i'm cold and i mean like i'm so, always the guy that's like getting cold before everyone else but you know it's that's the thing you like yeah. patience pays off and um and i think a lot of people kind of like have that generalized thought they watch these like these videos and stuff mm-hmm. and it's just a different it's a different ball game altogether right and and well, here and videos these, can be so deceiving anyways mm-hmm. it's 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 the the time doesn't transfer in video the way the way it does in real life. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> here's here's an interesting question I'll, I'll put to you. So I think the biggest contributor that would make somebody give up early, aside from just it being late and getting dark and maybe it's cloudy and there's no moon, um, but in the wintertime up here it is cold. Yeah, I mean you're you're talking you know neg forties neg fifties at times. Um, sometimes colder than that, depending on which part of the state you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, what is like your cutoff? Um, I mean, I mean, like, and I'll, actually, I'll put this not not your personal cutoff where like you can't stand it, but like, have you noticed there being a cutoff for the animals, like where they don't move around as much? No, well, no. like, so here's so you always have like you talk to trappers and stuff and you know everyone has their theories about mm-hmm. like moon phases well things will slow down i believe that mm-hmm. like you see it with like excuse me you see it with uh like fishing and stuff yeah like my wife and i we've planned we've planned like uh charters and stuff and then we're like we didn't catch any fish and it was like full moon phase right but mm-hmm. it's like the middle of july you're like you don't even know that it's a full moon right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. and we're like start go home and start putting all the pieces together and we're like man that was like the worst fishing trip right i mean mm-hmm. we didn't get a bite and then you're like so i think some of that stuff corresponds but, uh i lost my train of thought there <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> it's a little late. It's okay. It's all right. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, we were talking about uh, temperature, temper- temperature and, uh, yeah. and, and so, animal movements. So, and stuff. like, so I think moon phases and all that stuff. Uh, that's what I was. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, I, I'm back on track here. So, moon <laughs> phases and weather and all that stuff. Sure, I think um, that all that plays plays a part in their activity. But mm-hmm. here's the deal, right? You got to get up and eat. Yeah, you got to get up and move around. Mm-hmm. And like this idea that. Uh, oh man, we're got it's 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 been fifty below for like five days now. That well, that that's your deal. They still get hungry. That's yeah. your deal. Yeah. These yeah. things are built for this stuff. Yeah, and right. in like, uh, I've heard different. I've talked to um, different guys, biologists and stuff mm-hmm. that they're like, well, you know, they got to get up every three days minimum or yep. whatever. And animals are going. They have to move. Right. Animals aren't going to go. Oh, it's cold. Oh, it's a full moon. They have to. Right. Yeah. They're- and, they don't stay inside and watch TV when it's that cold. No. And <laughs> I, like, I, I'm sure there's weather patterns that are more beneficial mm-hmm. to, to, to calling, but I don't, I, I would not call because it's cold out or right. because it's stormy. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had coyote, I've had, I've had just about everything run out of wall, white walls of snow at mm-hmm. me. It caught predator calling. And I've had, I remember when I started like, Hey, you guys want to go call? Oh man, it's supposed to snow all day. Those are like some of the best days I've ever had or really chilly days. I will say that I have seen, and I don't know, it's just my personal experience. I've seen where you'll have a really, really cold, a long cold spell Mm -hmm. Uh and that will break and calling will be phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe maybe those animals are a little happier about moving in. Oh, I'm weather, sure they right? are. <laughs> and I've seen windstorms pan animals down pretty good. Like mm-hmm. you get some good winds, and it's hard to call in the wind too because it throws your it it, mm-hmm. it affects the broadcast of your sound and what you're right. trying to do right. And it can whip scent, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would not. I wouldn't skip on a day of calling or anything because the weather doesn't seem right. Gotcha. If you can yeah. bear it now, like wind. That is a limiting factor. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it's blowing 40 miles an hour outside, then it's not even worth it. And different people have different takes on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like 15 miles per hour is a lot of wind up there. It is. I mean, and if it's, uh, if it's whipping all over the Mm -hmm. place, especially with canines and stuff, it's going to, it, it's, I mean, in my experience, it limits your chances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just not the ideal Mm -hmm. circumstances, but. Gotcha. And I know guys, I know guys that will go out and call howling wind act. Really? Yeah, and you know, more power to them. That's, I mean, we all got our limitations, yeah. right? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. there are some tough people out there. <laughs> there are. And I, you know, I got a buddy, he's like, yeah, 20 is my, 20 miles per hour is my cutoff. And I'm like, how is that even possible? No. That's I mean, a, that's a lot of wind. It's a ton of wind. Yeah. But mm-hmm. back to the same thing, and not that it really correlates to our our atmosphere here but like those some of those guys like um like um back east mm-hmm. i mean those guys get like crazy wind and right. they never have calm days yeah. there's a certain place in the lower 48 where like guy, i mean that's well, all that's all you're gonna do you're not gonna call if you're gonna wait for the wind you're never gonna call right. i, I want to say that the average wind speed in kansas is 22 miles an hour yeah and i mean that's that is, average that is insane <laughs> yeah but i mean that's that's what the animals are used to. That's what the people are used mm-hmm. to. It's just, it's the way it is that, you know, the, I know the average up here isn't zero miles per hour, but it's, it's gotta be close. Yeah. Like it's like the interior of Alaska, 
like obviously if you get up into elevation and stuff like that, you're going to get a lot of wind. Yeah, if, sure. you're, if you're in, in valleys and stuff like that, you're going to get a lot of wind. But like, especially in the Fairbanks area, it's a very still yeah, the place. Valley it's is like, very... it's a very still place to be. Yeah. Um, and so really, I mean, yeah, like you said, 15, 20 miles an hour, that's, that's a yeah. huge change from nothing. I, I think what I've heard it described is what most people would consider like a stiff breeze is a lot of wind. It is, yeah. Here. Well, <laughs> just think, look at the trees. I mean, they're not built for wind at all. No, like, no, we, we get, get a windstorm. We get a 15 mile an hour windstorm and power's going out because yep. trees are toppling over. It's like, <laughs> no, nobody like, engineered for this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, um, <laughs> all right. So, and you, um, you, you know, in, in kind of just like touch on that a little more is uh, you can do things to, um, so say it's, a, say it's a little colder. Mm-hmm. I have, I have noticed where like I'll run and gun a little more. Yeah. Right. Or if it's windier, you're going to have a hard time broadcasting sound out like 300 yards. Yeah. So maybe, maybe move more, but don't move as far. Okay. Yeah. yeah right? right. So, so if you can broadcast a lot of sound, you're not going to set up and then, and call and then like be like, well, this spot's, this spot's a, a bust and well, let's go uh, 600 yards over there. Well, you're, you're still calling the same animals, right? Right. right yeah. But in a windstorm that may not be so mm-hmm. right your 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 ability to broadcast that sound might limit out at 300 yards mm-hmm. yeah. so you and, and it's going to be you're going to be like it's going to be very hard for you to be like let's move 300 yards to the right right mm-hmm. maybe move maybe move a quarter mile or right. just shy of and yeah. kind of work work incrementally like that right yeah. but like mm-hmm. the quarter mile and and i've picked stuff up like that I mean, there's days where I'm just like, not, I'm not going to quit, right? And, right. I, and you connect. Yep. And then yep. there's days you go home empty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's take a break real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll dive into some gear. Hammer Bullets produces what we at the Northern Hunter consider to be the most premium and best working monolithic bullets on the market today. These bullets are easy to load, extremely accurate, and best of all, they're always in stock and ready to ship. The guys at Hammer designed them so that after penetrating the hide of an animal, it sheds its petals, initiating a massive energy dump while retaining the rear shank for maximum penetration. These bullets are built with 100% focus on how they perform on game, and their proprietary designs produce great BCs with specialized pressure grooves for amazing inherent accuracy and speed. They have a minimum expansion velocity of 1,800 feet per second, which allows for long-range shots, but with no maximum velocity, making them perfect for every cartridge from your granddaddy's old 3030 to the high-velocity round like the Weatherby 3378 without having to worry about your bullet failing. To view their expansive selection and find the perfect match for your hunting needs, go to hammerbullets.com and use discount code THENORTHERNHUNTER to drop the hammer on your next adventure. All right, so as we mentioned, this time of year that we're going to be predator hunting, it's very cold, but you still can't be just wearing whatever you want out there, right? You got your two most, well, aside from your weapon, I would say two of the most important things are what calls you're using and what clothes you're wearing. And are you blending in? Are you standing out? Um, We'd mentioned with cats, they're very visual animals. Um, They'll see you moving around. They might just see you sitting out there if you're sticking out like a like a a sore thumb on the side of a hill or something like. Um, So go into what what gear are you wearing when you're out there, Um, both to stay warm and to keep yourself camouflaged and kind of blend in with the environment so that you're not just yeah just just sticking out like a sore thumb. Okay. Um, So two of my favorite 
types of clothing is polar fleece. Mm-hmm. I, I love like just your basic like military issue polar fleece. Yeah, it's good stuff, and you yeah. can get you can get that stuff like relatively cheap, mm-hmm. right? You and uh, um, you can keep a few sets of it in yeah. your in a gear bag mm-hmm. in your vehicle or what or on the snow machine or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then I love waffle grid. Yeah, I, me too. It's <laughs> I've tried all kinds of stuff, and I always go back to that same basic <laughs> old issue waffle grid, yep. right? And uh, same thing, you sweat into that stuff a little bit. You're having like a long, a long day of calling. Mm-hmm. Swap it out, and yeah, you warm back up, get rid of that wet layer, whatever. Um, th- and those are always kind of my base, my base layers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when you and I were moose hunting, we were kind of talking a little bit about this, and I like another big thing is people really want to wear like um very f- like well fitted gear mm, right i mean like so all my stuff is a size to two sizes larger because you want that insulative value right mm-hmm. and yeah like mo was talking on an episode that i i was listening to a while back he was saying you know you pack you put insulation a while uh, into a wall if you fluff it it insulates if you mm-hmm. stuff it it compacts right. and you have no no air in there right. right and it loses its insulative value so when you start packing tight layers mm-hmm. you know and this kind of this is generalized for dressing here and it, it for many different scenarios <laughs> right, there, right? Yeah. this Good is practice not for everything. i'm not like i'm not like sharing like trade secrets here or anything this is, right. i mean it's just dressing wise mm-hmm. um swapping gear regularly mm-hmm. and everyone's going to have a different tolerance to to the cold right so like me i get cold easy what Mm i i might you know you might not have to pack as much gear as i do in the truck right right Right. (laughs) Right. i like i got a i got a wardrobe in there and an action packer (laughs) right like i mean i'm for every scenario so uh, it's like a good change of socks Mm, and that goes back to the same thing if you're warm you're gonna have the ability to stay still you're Mm -hmm. gonna it's gonna be more enjoyable and you're gonna stay longer you're gonna stay yeah and yeah and even if you're not a stay long guy you're just gonna be comfortable yeah right and so uh there's that um Mm -hmm. change of another thing too like if you're wearing like a like a beanie or something carry a couple of them because you sweat into those too and that's a lot of your heat, you know, in, mm-hmm. trapped in your in your cover, right? Yep. So if you're yep. if that's starting to get cold, that's your the rest of the rest of your uh, body temp's gonna gonna yeah. drop pretty good. Yeah. Um. You know, if you're and, hot, and those hats aren't very expensive. I mean, you can afford to get two of them. Right? Uh, I, I, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, it just depends on which and, one you get. But and then the other thing, ones. the other thing too is, is like maybe get like uh, something that's like an earth tone or or mm-hmm. something that doesn't stand out when you're getting your waffle grid at like one of these surplus stores or mm-hmm. something like. That's generally where I'll find a lot of like my my spare gear, and you don't have to have like high end, right? Like no, name brand yeah. stuff. And yeah. to be honest, a lot of that stuff really isn't suitable for what we're talking about doing. <laughs> right? Um, like you know, you don't want to be sitting out there in your Canada goose jacket. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, it'd probably it probably work be, really well. But and you know what? If you can get like an overwhite or something for that, that's yeah. you that yeah. you like that can. And um, there's lots of guys like I'll travel in my I'll, I'll, if I'm. If I'm hunting cats, I'll travel in my my snow camo, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm hunting canines, I um I've mentioned this before. I'll pop my stuff off at the truck, mm-hmm. throw it in uh, into a tote. It doesn't go in my truck. It doesn't go in my house. Right. It yeah. doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't and absorb that human scent. Nope. And, that, and that's yeah. and I'm like pretty big on that too. I'll yeah. throw and I kind of do that most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to keep all that stuff separate. Like 
<laughs> when my wife washes clothes, <coughs> I always wash my my camo separate, right? Yeah. Right? Yep. And I'll do like baking soda. I won't do detergent. I no dryer sheets. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. And that's just my method. Um, but a lot of the places that you can get a lot of these base layers, you can find some like earth tone, like beanies, like, you know, again, right. military right. issue right. trade stuff that yep. you can swap out throughout the day Yeah, and stay dry. And that's the that, same thing with your footwear socks. Yeah. Some people like, like, um, like the smart wool stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, it sounds crazy. I run cotton socks now. Do you really? Yep. I'm all the way back to cotton socks again. And <laughs> the and like the reason being is, um, I, it's the same thing. I feel like my feet kind of get smothered mm. and I don't get that insulated value. So yeah. to, in order to have like my, mm. my winter footwear, like kind of tight enough to mm. still function and I'm not swimming in it, yeah. I, I, I'll wear like a, I, I'll wear a cotton sock and that's totally against like, <laughs> yeah, what, what, you know, that's, that is a, that's a, that's kind of a no, no, like mm. in a survival situation, but also there again, if you have the comfort of a vehicle or, or machine mm-hmm. like you and you have that, you can store gear. I'll swap that stuff. I'll swap those out. T-shirts. If you have a T-shirt on, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, carry a, just carry a change of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then your rear end gets wet. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, it is. Right. And even if you're not getting a lot of exposure, like you're sitting mm-hmm. on your your glassing pad or whatever, mm-hmm. you're still gonna get you. Uh, maybe you sit on the opposite side that was you know right. face down the last your last stand. Mm-hmm. And now you're soaking some of that water up in your pants. And it's so like just it, little stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Gloves, change of gloves. Oh, so um, with, with the socks thing, like for me personally, like switching from cotton to like the smart wool was like game changer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's a cliche way of saying <laughs> it, but it just, it, it was amazing going mm-hmm. from, and, and like doing the two layer smart wool mm-hmm. where you wear like the, the liner merino layer. In yeah. The yeah. Base. Mm-hmm. And then, well, and that eliminates a lot of scent. Yeah. Um, something else I'm going to say with a lot of base layers. Something I've discovered with some of the higher end base layers, there's a lot of stuff now where you've got merino that's got these like synthetic fibers and stuff they've to it. Like this this hoodie I'm wearing right now, this first light hoodie. It it's absolutely amazing. I can wear it for a week working in it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't stink. Yeah. No smell. Yep. Wet just wicks away from it. Yeah, it's right got that away. moisture wicking. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's ability. it's phenomenal. Yeah. And, yeah. and I found like hunting and working in this stuff, I, I can go all day. And and go from sweating to not sweating, sweating to not sweating, and a little bit of time not sweating and stuff. Just it just wicks all the moisture away from my body, and right. it's it cost. It's definitely more money than going waffle I, grid at surplus. I will I will <laughs> say too, like so, like Dalton and I, we were mm-hmm. like, I, I, he got some new gear and he threw me like a like a hand me down like Sitka yeah. jacket, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what, like, and it's it's kind of one of those like puffy jackets, yep. and I'm like, oh, this will be cool for bear baiting, but I fi- I find myself wearing it more and more, and it's yeah. really warm. And I think it's going to be like a, it's going to be a piece yeah. of my equipment this, mm-hmm. this calling season. It's, it's like super comfy. I don't, I, can't I think that was the, make. The, the ambient jacket. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, but I mean, it's, I've like really fallen in love with it and I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. not like a big sick, like name brand guy, but I'll tell you what, like, yeah, th- yeah. That thing is really cozy and it's super lightweight, but it, yeah, I can't believe how warm it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just yeah. any, whatever, I think it's, it's going to be really like, like, um, case by case. Right. Right. It, yeah. Cause it, we mm-hmm. all get. Like I know, notice you, James. We'll be out doing something, and you're you're in a t-shirt, and I'm like putting another layer on, right? And so, I mean, everyone's different, right? Mm-hmm. My yeah. co- my my cold tolerance has never been very high. The older yeah. I get, too, I, it's, yeah, <laughs> right. it's starting to punch right through me, right? Like, but uh, yeah, it's it's all dependent on 
And that's another good thing. It goes back to that. Use your gear in your yard. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Have you, yeah. You know, go go hang with, out for a couple hours in the backyard. If you're outside with the kids or you're yeah. out like snowshoeing with the girlfriend or the wife, like go try your gear out. Like, yep. and <clears throat> just look at how much time you're consuming with the stuff. Because mm-hmm. if you're, yeah, that's a bit cutting down on your, yeah. cutting, cutting down on your getting ready time. Right. Right. And, um, now, what about uh, what about your your outer layer as far as your camo goes? Are you, are you running like just standard overwhites, or you do you, do you have like a specific like pattern you think works better, or like uh, going like different situations where maybe you're dealing with a little bit of underbrush and some clear open areas, or maybe you're in some thick. Like, how how do you adjust your your outer like camo layer? I so I just like I, I think we talked about this uh, again episode twenty one like I uh I'm always mixing gear mm-hmm. so and there again you have like a good inventory of stuff with you right like um, yeah. different you know and everyone has a different take on what how effective camo really is I think if you're breaking up your outline it's just common sense right. like yeah. to me yeah uh, um if you're say you're up on some south facing stuff like mm-hmm. late season where we're starting to get those long days and the snow start to fall off but it's still shelter trying to get like coyotes and wolves and the only place you have to stash out is a dark spot you're not gonna wear snow camo in right a, right in a uh like a patch of spruce trees right mm-hmm. so carry stuff to kind of switch in into or mix gear like sometimes i'll wear oh what are those big puffy the uh sitka that beanie that's i can't remember what it's called but it, it they're they're really nice yeah but like sometimes i'll I'll rock that thing and then like uh maybe like a regular camo hoodie mm-hmm. and throw that up around my head and you just mix it up a little bit and mm-hmm. then wear my snow camo my outer layer like i like a lot of like the king's camo stuff like yeah i've seen a lot of that stuff i really dig the king's camo mm-hmm. um yeah. And it, they have a lot of cool patterns in there. Again, I don't know if it matters. It, it feels good. So, and it's a confident <laughs> confidence <laughs> booster, right? But like some of their like um desert, their winter yeah. like desert patterns and stuff really, really kind of like um correspond to like a lot Do of they? our terrain. And okay. the, yeah, because we have like a lot of that like, true. um we have like a lot of those like golden tones from mm. stuff like, you know, the fall colors that kind of hang mm. out on, yeah. on brush and stuff. So and then you got your darker, your darker stuff. And I, that there again, I think that's kind of personal, personal preference. Yeah. And I don't know that you can really go wrong. Now, Carl and I were talking mm-hmm. and he, with his experience, he's got some background and like, you know, to, to how animals see. And I, I pick his brain a lot. But oh yeah. He, um, he kind of brought up the fact that, um, different types of like, uh, materials put off UV. Oh, oh right, right, yeah, right. And I, I never even thought about that. But canines see in see UV. Mm-hmm. So you go put this wicked like snow camo pattern on, and your buddies are like, "Man, you, man, you look awesome, right?" Yeah. And now you're just like putting a, a billboard on yourself. You're, uh, you're the only yeah. UV thing in a natural setting mm-hmm. with not right. not much UV going on, right? And so and. uh Carl said he's like <laughs> he's like one of the best ways that you can that you can uh, check that out is like you know like uh some like black lights or mm-hmm. like he's like walk into something that has that like that ha- where it kind of makes that UV yeah. pop and you'll know mm-hmm. and uh you know I don't know if you can do that with your phone or whatever <laughs> all I've ever used for whites is uh is like that bed sheet 
throw over you throw over as a, like just it's just like a great big yeah, yeah. move like and I've, I've I've never even put the bottoms on it's usually just the top and like whatever earth toned snow pants I'm wearing mm-hmm. that's always what because I'm always like yeah there's always bushes there's always something yeah and right. at the least if there's not I'll tuck my legs into the snow like <laughs> right yeah and you know i've seen i've seen like some people use like ghillie suits and different mm-hmm. stuff like that but you know a lot of that material super light mm-hmm. so then you you go back to the same thing like cool you're in this like super camo decked out suit right but now like you're the only thing fluttering <laughs> right right because you have all yeah. this light material that the the it mm-hmm. is light enough that a subtle breeze is picking it up but it's not really moving like limbs or like mm, yeah. right? right so I think you can get a, this back to the same thing, like like yeah. setup. I think you can get a little wrapped up in your camo. Yeah, um, and don't, I would don't overthink it too much. I don't think I would go out yeah. there like wearing stuff with like crazy uh, like geometric patterns and stuff on it, right? And, mm-hmm. Like like be like, oh, it just doesn't matter. Like yeah, black um, cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. Um. And what about your? Uh, so that that. Pretty well covers that, I'd say. Um, what about your call? What should people be looking for uh, for like a beginner setup? Uh, hand calls, e-callers, what are some good good brands that you trust, ones that you've used? So I love all the Fox Pro stuff. Yeah, um, that's what I used to. You can get like um, sound cards that are kind of tailored specific to what you're targeting. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about this before, but you get the, you can kind of buy these with like preset sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of that, half that stuff you're not even going to use, right? Like you got like a, you know, chickens in a chicken coop. It's like, okay, great. I mean, <laughs> right. that, that might work like around a residential area. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, and at you there again, like down South, a lot of the stuff is, a lot of the stuff is engineered with, down south and yeah, oh yeah true. right yeah. so you have your you're like why would i have like these sounds but mm-hmm. if you're you're like on farmland or something that's that is going to be beneficial oh right? yeah you absolutely. got a you got a fox that's like a gray fox that's like robbing a chicken coop mm-hmm. yeah. you're gonna run a you're gonna run chicken sounds right but yeah. you're not gonna i mean and that might work here too mm-hmm. but you're not really gonna go go out <laughs> with that in mind right not so up here yeah it's kind of cool too you can you can um download your own sounds um you can pre-order you can pre-order your caller mm-hmm. with with those sounds input on it like yeah. from fox pro you can yeah i think um i think mine came with like 200 sounds on it or something crazy yeah. like that like, yeah. yeah and i mean there's some good stuff on there mm-hmm. and uh you so and you can actually talk to someone at fox pro they have like a great customer service base they're they're amazing yeah um and when I bought mine, I usually will talk to somebody and I've got actually gone through like verbally and built a sound list and I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. And they, you know, they send it out and you can buy them locally. Yeah. Uh, you could run to any of the local places and buy, I think uh, any low end Fox pro is, mm-hmm. has pretty good sound output mm-hmm. and like a good list of sounds that you could get rolling with. Right. And then, um, I don't, does that kind of, yeah um and what's your recommendation on like hand calls is that worth it uh, yeah so like if you're gonna get into like coyote calling and stuff mm-hmm. um those those coyote calls work for a lot of different situations too right because mm-hmm. coyotes aren't just receptive to um prey sounds they're they're territorial animals mm-hmm. too, right, right? right so there's a lot of it's like it's like guys calling moose mm-hmm. you learn different different like cow call tones and different how long to drag this on or mm-hmm. you know maybe this bull doesn't like a long cow call 
Yep. Ease into a short cow call or one every 15 minutes. You do the same thing with the hand calls with, with uh, coyotes. Yeah. Learn to how, le- like learn what the howls mean. Mm-hmm. And that is where like some of that, those, those like cor- more mainstream um, resources, mm-hmm. like you can learn how mm-hmm. to use a coyote call. And that's, yeah. that's right. awesome. And that, and that corresponds to our environment true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and i know some of the sounds on my fox pro are like combative sounds like you have i, I think a, a couple of the, the coyote ones on mine are are actually like coyote intruder like that's the label of it and, yeah, and it's yeah. Like, it's like yeah you know it, it's the sound like a, a of a challenging coyote you know it or, or even like a, a lost coyote something like that where where they'll think Okay, something wandered in and it's trying mm-hmm. to find out what's in this area. And, and so th- that's, and they'll come investigate. That's like a good another good thing to kind of if depending on your interest, right? It's a mm-hmm. good thing to kind of learn like when those breeding seasons start. Yeah. If that's something you want to target. Some some people are like, I I lived where there's a bunch of coyotes, I shot a bunch. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that yeah. in Alaska, right? I'm stationed right. here. I wanna I wanna kill lynx. Yeah. Or whatever. And maybe kill someone's like, I want to shoot a nice big, like buffed out coyote mm-hmm. with long, you know, five inch guard hairs. And I've never seen one like that. Right? Yeah. Like, All right. So um le- learn those breeding cycles. Like, um, and that's pretty extensive. We could sit here for a long time on that. <laughs> um, and you'll like with some of those howls, a lot of people they'll just wail on those howls. Mm-hmm. You can scare coyotes like out of the country, right? Like, I mean, they'll just I mean some guys will do they'll start with like challenge house i like mm-hmm. when i when i'm really targeting coyotes it's like more submissive stuff yeah. more like pup stuff because yeah. a big dominant coyote is he yeah. he's gonna come into any of that stuff mm-hmm. if he's if he's interested and it's like the you know it's like uh the guy explained this is one like this one day you're not going to roll into a bar and like pick the biggest guy to go get in a fight with. Right. So you don't want to <laughs> get out there wailing on d- like mm-hmm. dominant coyote, you mm-hmm. know, mature male coyote house or, right. but at the same time, and, um, this isn't really a secret at this point, really now there's a lot of guys that will call wolves with coyote house. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. And, yeah. um, I remember when that was kind of like one of the best kept secrets, but that's, a little, <laughs> you know, and there's a, a way bit. to do that. Mm-hmm. So, but, but uh, <laughs> like it, it, I've seen where, where guys have just like, they've worked the, the coyote elders and mm-hmm. uh, wolves just, I mm-hmm. mean, they get fired up. Oh, I bet. And yeah. that's, that's another thing. Like we were talking earlier, that's, you know, you don't hear coyotes as vocal here. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of a treat sometimes when wolves hear that, they're like, oh, cool. We don't hear that all the time. And you're we don't want that guy around here right right? yeah (laughs) and there's dominance there too Mm -hmm. and then you can get wolf howlers you and i were talking about that you can get into all kinds of stuff oh yeah um so with with the more with the prey side of calling have you have you ever physically witnessed a rabbit die like in the wild um so what i've done is i've caught i've uh, my early days of Mm -hmm. i did some fox snaring yep and i've caught snowshoe hares yep and I always let them go because mm. half the time they wouldn't choke themselves out or they'd be like hip caught and they wouldn't be like injured mm-hmm. and they'll bite you and they'll claw <laughs> you and scratch you. You think right. you're picking a nice docile bunny up to let it go, right? I mean, they'll, <laughs> th- yeah, they'll tear you up. They're wild animals. And yeah. I mean, yeah. they're, and like they're built to, they're built to fight too. I mean, mm-hmm. for what they are like, but yeah, they'll wail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I witnessed a ermine, like, you know, little eight inch ermine with little three inch tail or whatever on yep. it. You know, it's like no bigger than two inches in diameter at the 
biggest point, right? <laughs> I witnessed one of those, like, it's like, what, a fifth, maybe a tenth the size of this rabbit? Yeah. Like, They're attack, vicious, though. Attack and kill a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in a wheeler trail, right next to where we were moose hunting. <laughs> Just, they, like, they came out of the bushes in the trail and, yeah. like... And we, and like for day, like for days we'd walk by that rabbit and watch the just less and less meat left. Like that <laughs> ermine was just eating away at it. But I mean, it was insane. Like all of a sudden, just the screams, just like you hear on the call. You know, like yeah. when you're, you know, like when you're. Uh, we had one. So my wife and I, um, we had one a few years ago that we'd be dressing grouse out uh, on the side of our house. Mm-hmm. We had this little like wood table, okay. and this ermine would just come running up. Every time we'd be dressing grouse and like literally come right up to us. She has some really cool photos of, of this thing. Mm. And uh, it, it got pretty comfortable and it would get aggressive. It would like hiss and growl and oh, stuff. Oh, no kidding. But it, you would literally like, you know when you're cleaning fish at like Chitna or something, you're throwing scraps in and the seagulls are splitting with your yeah. stuff? That's how this thing was. Really? Like you could just throw him like a wing and he'd bail and then he'd come back and like, and it was the weirdest thing. Like anytime we'd be dressing anything out. We did a caribou one time and this mm. thing just like, I look over and this thing's just standing on this table, like looking at me, waiting for a handout. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're cool. wild. And cool I mean, guys. they are very, yeah, they are tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, and it, it, it's, that's something else is like jumping off topic here, but we were talking about how there's, everything is a predator to another thing mm-hmm. here. Right. And there's so many oh, and layers of predators. Yeah. Uh, if, and you know, I don't know if you remember, James, we we're out moose hunting and, uh, it was, it was kind of shady on the side, the side of the, the Creek that we were on, but we, and so we moved over to eat breakfast on the sunny side mm-hmm. and we had the sun at our back and that, um, that mallard blew in Yo. and that Fox or that, uh, the, hawk the was hawk. chasing yeah. him and slammed him and, and got <laughs> yeah. him right in front of us. And you were not like, Whoa, I'm like, James, look at that, that ducks, he's got a hawk on his, on his butt. But like everything is is uh, yeah. hiding from something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so um, I don't know what I was getting at. There. Oh yeah, even the little, even the little like then then that guy's got to contend with birds trying to eat him, right? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, right. right? Like <laughs> yeah, that like, mean little ermine, right? Like I yeah. mean, it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's just it's a. No, I hate to be the bird that picks him up by accident, you know, mm-hmm. like because <laughs> he's gonna well start it, gnawing on him. And, and to go back to your point, your original point there, I, I think most of those sounds like when you get them from fox pro yeah. and stuff like that they're actual recorded they are they're, they're legitimately right. recorded I mean, somebody sounds. had to grab a rabbit and twist his leg but <laughs> um yeah peter might have something to say about that <laughs> yeah, whatever <laughs> but, but you know i just but, i just remember hearing that and thinking like i could not believe how accurate like i mm-hmm. heard that rabbit screaming and i'm like that sounds just like recording right yeah it's just like it yeah well you know and something just, so since you're on the topic we're on the topic of this right so I, so I would set these, these snares and at yeah. you, and when you're catching, when you're catching snowshoe hares and fox snares, you, you don't know what you're doing, right? right. Mm-hmm. right. So it's yeah, yep. way too low, right? Le- learning. So that, that, that's something else is like, I would, so I had, I always carried leather gloves, like welding gloves with me mm-hmm. and, um, um, and I go to release them. Right. Well, I mean, they would wail, but it's not that loud. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so that's that's something else to think about with your calling is like hmm. keeping a realistic volume. E- and when yeah, that one and, was dying, it was loud. Yeah. And I mean, and rabbits will wail, but I mean, we're talking about some of these some of these like e callers. I mean, you you'll you'll yeah. hear people. 
you, you, it, how we're talking about, we've talked about um, in the past, hunting busy areas and mm, close right. to town. You know, I've sat out spots when I first started trying to, to trying to go to places close to town. Yeah. Learning, and I could hear guys predator going. Wow. Right? And I, and, and I mean, <laughs> and there's it a time to wail and there's a time to broad, kind of broadcast s- simulate yeah. r- realism. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, um, yeah, anyway, you yeah. could, you can get carried away with, yeah. I think sometimes with some of those sounds. So kind of along that line, um, before we came back from the break, you, you had been going, you went on a really, really nice, uh, <laughs> I guess you could call it a tangent about, about <laughs> sounds about right predator uh your direction you, yes. you're calling direction you're yep. calling um positioning and all that um see if you can replicate that because that was a really good really informative and i wish we'd had the mics going at that yeah <laughs> yeah it was, it was just kind of like a random thought yeah and, and i like so yeah i have a lot of those um so something i used to do a lot when i started um is you have like a tendency to you pick your spot you you're like okay i'm gonna sit up there and you'll point that e-caller away from you Mm -hmm. and what i've noticed and i've noticed this with almost every species Mm -hmm. is animals will circle Mm -hmm. to get head on with that sound yeah or they'll come in at your six Mm -hmm. right so they'll come in like with the plan of attack or they try, it's almost like they try to align with where that sound's coming from. And they're really good. That's another thing. They're very good at like pinpointing sound. Yeah. Um, and that goes with any type of calling, like moose calling. People are like, I didn't call for 30 minutes. And all of a sudden, this moose just walked out of these, mm-hmm. uh, these, these willows, right? That, uh, animals are very good at pinpointing mm-hmm. sound. And so there's the obvious disadvantages to that mm-hmm. because so if you, if you have a, if you have a predator rolling in head on and you're adjusting for a shot, you are in his line of sight. He's looking right at you. Yeah. And also, um, and I've had this happen where I've had him pop out right next to me and bail, or I've gotten Mm. up and there's tracks leading all the way up to my back, right? Mm. To my six. And then you can see like where they planted for a minute. Or they kind of like fumbled around and bailed because, and they probably saw me, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so setting that call up in a way that they have to come in like from, from a side angle, just throwing that off. And you see a lot of people that are starting out do that. Mm-hmm. They, they, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just like human habit, but they align that, mm-hmm. that sound with them. Yeah. And it's one of the, and I have, I have lo- had a lot of missed opportunities yeah. because of doing that. And so what you, at some point you have to make a commitment to line up a shot, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they're going to track your movement. They're already looking for movement. They have the sound side of things, um, uh, pinpointed, right? Mm -hmm. Well, well now all the, the next thing is movement. Yeah. So it's like, they're looking for what's making that sound. And you've just added that. And on that note, I've had this happen. So I've had where Fox come in head on. I've had this happen with Fox a lot. And it's almost kind of like, it'll startle you a little bit, mm. but you'll go to line up to shoot them and they'll catch your movement. And it's not that they see you, but they see that movement and they'll bomb at you. <laughs> like I've had Fox run right at me before. Like yeah. you can kind of see them and they'll, um, and I've seen Lynx do that too. Mm-hmm. Because, it, and that's the other thing. If you're, if you're kind of like, if your silhouette's broken up and you're, you're concealed well, yep. but you make a little movement 
and that animal picks up on that little keys in on that little bit of movement, sometimes they'll get on step and start coming to you. They might think you're the rabbit. And I've yeah. had that happen several <laughs> yeah. times. The more you call, the more, I mean, I I've know a lot of people that have experienced this. Mm-hmm. And I, Fox, for some reason, it seems to happen with Fox a lot. I yeah. don't know why. Um, <laughs> they just run it like you're like is this thing running at me like okay it can't hurt me right like right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah but you see him like get on step and that can also be um that can also be uh, against your you know that can be a bad thing too yeah because then they just id you and they're out of there mm-hmm. they then they're like oh there's a person so, sitting there so i know that's that's some of the argument for concealing your movement um so they don't see you set up for the shot and all that stuff is to put your call farther away from you. Whether yep. you're walking, walking it out and stick, sticking it in a bush somewhere in front of uh-huh. you, so that, that they're they're bombing towards that bush, not yep. towards you, or um, you know, uh, maybe just out in the open somewhere. You mm-hmm. just bury it down in the snow. Um, what would be the the different situations for you when you would do that versus keeping it up close and personal right next to you? Um, so. Like if you're in more open space, you mm-hmm. can always, you can put it a l- little further. Yeah. Um, if you're in tighter cover and your shot opportunities are less, like you have a lot of, yeah, a lot close, of obstructions, close right? Distance, yeah. You can bring it in close. An- another thing kind of going back to the angling it away, like kind of just angling it off of your position, mm-hmm. right? Is um, a lot of, they're observing constantly. They're yeah. investigating the situation as they're approaching, right? Mm-hmm. So another thing that's advantageous about setting that, that call up like that is, is you, their, their foot placement's very meticulous. Like mm-hmm. you ever watch Lynx? They're very, they're like black bears, right? They oh, come yeah. in quiet. Mm-hmm. They, they'll kind of feel the ground. Then they'll be, they won't just set their foot. They'll kind of ease into setting that paw down. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're doing other stuff too. They're observing, they're looking over their shoulders. These are all times where you're getting into position. Yeah. So, and I see a lot of people do this. I've done this. Um, guys that f- like waterfowl hunt that mm-hmm. transition over to, I've seen this with guys like friends of mine that waterfowl hunt, they will swing. Mm-hmm. And that is so much, that's so much movement. Right? Yeah. And what you really kind of want to do is every time that animal looks away, you advance a little more into the position that you're seeking, right. right? To line up for that shot. This goes back to having like a good bipod, mm-hmm. having that rifle already where it's going to be. Right. If you can swing it so you have less steps to get into position mm-hmm. to mount to shoulder that mm-hmm. rifle and take that shot. And you'll see guys' excitement too. They'll swing mm-hmm. and that animal's out of there. Because that movement, they have so much, such a broad field of view. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's, it's insane. And they'll, they'll catch that out of the corner of their eye. And the thing is that a lot of the time, they won't even double take. They're gone. Yeah, right. Because yeah. they don't need, to, they've already pinpointed where that sound's coming from. You're, you're a threat. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're not <laughs> even going to take think twice to look back at you again to try to figure it out. Yeah. And they're gone. And then sometimes they, they you know, yeah and i've had cats too where i'll move they'll look at me and i'll stop moving and they'll carry on about their business yeah right because like maybe i was a bird mm-hmm. flying by maybe my hand was right. a bird flying by and it's over now mm. yeah <laughs> i don't know how they well you know what i mean i'm not a lynx but yeah. <laughs> but i i can yeah, i think this way <laughs> yeah so not to get too specific about it but when you say you know push the the sound off at an angle away from you 
Um, are you talking like a 45 degree angle off to either side in front of you or like directly yeah, you like can 90, play with it. 90 degrees away from you? I, like, 90 degrees is good. Yeah. And you can do that also with the wind, right? Mm -hmm. You can, because also that's the other thing too, depending on what you're sitting up against or how your cover is set up. And there's a lot of different resources for this too, to learn how to re like read wind and play wind. Mm -hmm. But you sometimes maybe aim that, aim that coal, um, with the wind yeah right it's because sound also uh, sound also broadcasts with wind direction mm -hmm. right if you're calling into the wind it it can be muffled right mm -hmm. and then also <clears throat> um those animals are also coming up wind right right to because they're investigating they're cautious so mm -hmm. that's there if you're pointing that call into that direction and it doesn't always work out that way right but these are the like the base fundamentals for. Mm -hmm sort of all hunting right yeah and you can get as technical as you want or, mm -hmm. but uh, and and i i think any of those things just never in never where they're gonna come in at your six and never where they're gonna come in at yeah. 12 o'clock right because mm -hmm. if you, yeah if you've got it angled it at and then at so say that you throw that slightly degrees, slightly gonna, off yeah and you know the other thing too they're animals they do they, you don't know what they're going to do <laughs> right. and sometimes they they just do they'll come i mean you have cats walk out 5 feet next to you mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. they cut right down in front of you and start wandering into that call and i mean you you could shoot them at 5 feet if you could turn and not get caught right right um we've had super close shots like 5 yards we've shot cats mm -hmm. you know we've had cats sit down between us when there's been two of us and you're like and you're just kind of <laughs> looking at each other like what are we going to do about this like i don't want to shoot you on accident right like, like <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of like you don't nod to your buddy like go ahead man when he's clear of me go ahead and kill him <laughs> right <laughs> he gets past my boots take uh -huh. him out you know <laughs> But and they do different stuff. They're unpredictable, but there is some pre predictability, right, in mm -hmm. their behavior. Yeah, right? w when you kind of like learn this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, um, kind of on that is is there like a predictable? If you're, let's say, you're targeting something, right? Let's say, uh, I don't know how the seasons really align up towards <coughs> the end of the year, but let's say lynx lynx is closed, fox is open. Okay, or vice versa, whichever way, right? Wherever you're hunting, one's open, the other's not. So you're targeting lynx or fox specifically okay is there sounds is there is there certain calls that you found work better for one or the other as far as like what animals or or what like situations like the scenarios you're trying to put in place for each one of these or do they kind of just react the same to to the same kinds of sounds and, and I, I got one more question but i'll save that till after you answer this one so like <laughs> you know that so everyone always kind of thinks like snowshoe hair right Everybody plays snowshoe hair. Mm -hmm. So like, and then you go on like these forums and you're like, hey, what? That's like the most repetitious question, right? Mm -hmm. Like what sound sequences do you use? You and I were talking yeah, about this we one were, day. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So here's the deal, right? If you go, if you're like, hey, Chris, what, like what's, and I know this isn't what you asked, but like what sound sequence do you use? Mm -hmm. And I go, well, this is what you're going to do, James. You're going to do this for, you're going to do snowshoe hair for five minutes. You're going to pause for 10. You're going to come back in with a, eastern cottontail for two minutes and you're going to pause for another 10 minutes <laughs> if this is what i'm doing every time i'm going out right and you're doing the same thing mm -hmm. and then mo comes and asks you hey jim what did chris tell you well it doesn't even matter if i know what i'm talking about or not right, right. we're all doing the same thing now mm -hmm. we're all kind of covering the same ground what do you yeah. think we're doing we're educating them yeah. yeah yeah so like it goes back to the like the the spot selecting yeah. element 
don't like I wouldn't overthink it. Yeah. And I've had a lot of stuff show up to things that make no sense. Mm-hmm. I've 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 been so over it where I'm just not being successful. Where I will like crank that thing and blow through the sounds and like and cats, mm-hmm. they, you, you like you kind of get them on step like that too. Yeah. Because they're they you know I mentioned I kind of mentioned this before about like house cats. Mm-hmm. They're they're just they're very distracted, right? Yeah. So you kind of you can overcall a canine. Mm-hmm. Like you can overcall a moose. They're smart. Yep. They know something's not right. Cats are a little, little easier to <laughs> really? fool. Cats are going to be the most common thing that you call. Yeah. When you like, I feel like every time you talk to somebody and they're like, I finally called something in or like Fox mm-hmm. and which is, that's pretty good. I don't really call a ton of Fox. Yeah. I mean, unless I'm really hammering an area, like Fox are pretty smart. Mm-hmm. And then I have buddies that that's all they call. Right. And yeah. I'm like, I'm super jealous of that. Right. Like, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're smart, but yeah. yeah, like I would just, I would just kind of, I would kind of go by feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I don't like back. I've said this before. I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way, but here's mm-hmm. the thing. If we're all out there blowing snowshoe hair, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to so know what it sounds like. I mean, like. like, come on. Yeah. I think this is what happens like locally when you get into like the tail end of moose season. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been out there like raking away. Uh, it's like, hey, yep, yeah. it's, it's the same. And so do something a little different. And <laughs> you, um, I've watched like videos of lynx eating birds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What kind? What what kind of sounds might work? I mean, like, right, right, right. Well, and, and everyone thinks like uh, we're so geared towards uh, everything eats snowshoe hares. No, mm-hmm. they don't. Sometimes that availability is not there, and yeah. these things are not going to starve, right? So they resort to other food sources. Yep. It's like black bears. You know, they don't need to eat. They don't need to eat meat. Yeah. You can be in a low moose density area and they'll just be like, cool, we're vegetarians now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And they just, and they thrive. Right. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. they're in a place where you got a lot of a high beaver, uh, mm-hmm. big, you yeah. know, a high beaver population. Yeah. And they'll just ambush beavers on the banks and they get their meat intake just like they're eating yeah. moose every day. And sometimes yeah. they just work. find a barrel full of carbs and sweets. Right. <laughs> yep. Sometimes they hit the Krispy Kreme hard, you know, and they, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. Well, and, and so kind of along those same lines, but, I was going to ask, your opinion on on your opinion on another opinion um so there's when you're scouring through and people are do, you're, you're doing your research into this and, and you're trying to figure out okay do, do i wail on the call you know the whole 15 minutes or do i give it a pause do i do this what kind of calls do i use you're kind of trying to figure out like what you should start with there seems to be two common trains of thought mm-hmm. um and one says use local animals only Use use yeah. the calls for the pre- the prey that is in the area, whether it's snowshoe hare, whether it's you know uh, fawn and camp robbers, yeah, fawn. But <laughs> the other guy, well, I, I have a fawn in distress. Yeah, um, I know. I was I was trying to throw you off there at work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the other the other train of thought is to mix it up and and use distress calls from animals that they might not be familiar with because they're not necessarily keen into what kind of animal it's distressed. They just know it's a distress call. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to throw off and use a totally random animal um, that might not even exist in your area, but <clears throat> right. it's a distress call, kind of like you'd said, if everybody's using snowshoe hair, mm-hmm. 
they're going to know what the snowshoe hair distress call sounds like. Yeah. And they might even be able to distinguish a real one from a fake one at that point because they've heard so many fake ones and so many real ones right. throughout the course of their life. If you start using any old distress call that you, that you can try and just trying mm-hmm. them out, you know, the, the theory is that that would throw them off to where they don't know if it's a real one or not. They just know it's a distress call. Yeah. I kind of fall into that train of thought. I think, I, I think that, that sounds realistic. What have you, you tried like random, just r- like off the wall yeah. calls? Yeah. yeah. And the thing is too, is like they're individuals, right? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so that's another great, uh, so this is another great thing. If you, I don't just predator call, mm-hmm. like I will, I will spot and stock predators mm-hmm. all winter long. Yeah. Right. And, um, you can, you can play with these ideas by keeping calls. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've seen stuff way off and I'll start, I'll start calling at it. And I mean, it won't even make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and you get, yeah, you get, you get responses, right? Yeah. Like you get, and some, some animals key in on that and they, they know that that's not, that's not right. I mean, mm-hmm. you can even see it. You'll see like where they just, I mean, you know, they'll, they'll go the other way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of back to the same thing. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. Mm-hmm. I don't think my way works. And I like the, I don't take everything to heart that I hear. Right. Like, right. You, right. You, well, and that's, a, and you know, what's cool is if you're not, if you're not winning, mm-hmm. go through, I would definitely say though, it goes back to that whole thing earlier. Like you get, you, you, you get some success, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I do this a lot because my mind's in so many different places, work, home, right? Like yeah. all that stuff. And like, I'll get on these, I'll get on these little patterns. Like I'm blowing through the sounds and then like, I cool, I get up, I shut the, I pause the caller or whatever, or I, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I go get my, I go grab my critter and I'm, I'm all pumped. And then I, I'll be, I'll be at home that night and I'm like, like, I don't even remember what I was playing. Right. <laughs> right yeah. And so I think it's a good idea to kind of pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah. Slow down a little bit. And, and like, and I have buddies too that they'll write, they'll write down. It's Cause a lot of these displays now they will, re, they'll give you a moon, a moon phase display, mm-hmm. the temp. Yo. You get some of these things even offer like barometric pressure. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. They get fancy. And, oh yeah. So yeah. you can like, <laughs> and I got a buddy that he's pulling his phone out the whole time, like taking pictures of the remote, the Fox <laughs> remote. And like, that's cool. He's one of those, like de- he's one of those data guys. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and you know what? Like in, in for him, that's part of the allure and the excitement, right? Yeah. Like, right. like I don't want to get into all that. I don't want to be pulling my phone out. My phone's right. in my hand all day long at work. Right. Or up to my head. Mm-hmm. He's into like, he wants to go home and like, Hey, what happened when I, did? and that's cool. That's yeah. his deal. Yep. Right. right. Like Write some guys like to go predator like, hunting journal and, 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 track and you know, it and figure and, out. And, and I mean, maybe that's not a it. bad idea. And yeah. there's some dudes that like, when they set up bear baits and stuff, they like to go in there and spray, you know, they're so, that's their whole deal. They just want to go spray a different scent every mm-hmm. weekend. And that's mm-hmm. like, they don't even realize they're just living for that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah right, right. <laughs> like, and whatever gets, whatever makes you pumped on what yeah, doing, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, well, and, and you know, the funny thing is, and this is why it's hard to do predator hunting stuff um as as far as like informational uh, is because you can go to 10 different sites yep or 10 different podcasts yeah. or 10 different facebook groups and get 10 
different answers on what people say works and what mm-hmm. doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, that's like kind of why the, the point of us going into so much detail on this one is just like, you know, there, there's some basics, like, mm-hmm. like you would said, with not slamming the doors, with not making a ton of sound, with controlling your scent, some things like that that are good to pay attention to. make sure to. That you have like good functional gear but too. And- going into, you know, giving people options to try and mm-hmm. then just go have fun. You know, like you said, yeah. it's not a high stress, you know, once in a lifetime kind of hunt. Like, it's not like you're going to blow out the bull of a lifetime. You're not making Boone and Crockett with any of these animals. Yeah, like, you're, you not, know, you, like, like, you're not like going after the big <laughs> five here, right? Yeah, yeah like, right. like you, you're allowed to just go have fun and, and enjoy it and just keep busy during the winter. If nothing else, you're just, at least you're out there doing something. Well, yeah. and I like, think the idea too is like, if you're going to be here, it's not so much like, not so much like uh, survive the winter, but mm-hmm. look forward to the winter. Yeah. And like get into this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I used to, like, dread winter, and uh, can I do? And I hear so many people, like, how can I occupy my time? Like, just have fun with it. Yeah. And you don't, and the other thing, you know, like, I, I there's times, like, like I where I've had enough of winter, mm-hmm. it starts warming up, and I'm like, man, I, I really miss, like, miss calling, <laughs> right? And, I, and then it's crazy, too, because you think about it, like, I got to wait, like, six months to do this all over again. And so it's like, <laughs> right. just slow down and enjoy it, right? It's, yeah. I mean, you look at bear baiting. You know, like the last day of bear baiting, you're like, I'm not going to do this for another year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so crazy. It's the hardest day. Of it's the, so yeah, nuts. Like, like, and, and, and predator calling's that way too. And there's sometimes where like, I'm ready to hang it up, right? Mm-hmm. I just got my butt kicked all winter long. Yep. Cause that's like, there's, I have seasons like that. Yeah. I have seasons where I just like, I mean, I, like I have had years where my wife's like, are we just going to have like fur for wallpaper or what, mm-hmm. you know? And then I'm like, yeah, you don't need to worry. <laughs> I'm not anything <laughs> like i'm trying and i'm not don't you worry honey. <laughs> oh yeah i mean it, you know <laughs> and it goes that's, back to um that's it's, funny yeah i don't know there's yeah. you, there's, there's a lot of jump offs from that the, you, and you talk about we talk about like uh like uh, fur and mm-hmm. like uh high damage and stuff like mm-hmm. that but you like you will get to a point too where like you want to keep everything like mm-hmm. i was at that point where i I wanted to keep all my fur and you give it away and then you accumulate so much of it. And Mm -hmm. like some of my trapping buddies and stuff, they're like, oh, you'll sell some of it. And then you start like going through it and you like start getting rid of it. Like (laughs) (laughs) you're like, I really want this new, new rifle or whatever. Well, I sell five of these. You got to sell the fur to buy the new predator. And you just, yeah. I mean, and 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 then there's like years you just don't, I mean, I've had years where I'm just, I've gotten a few things and it's, I'm stoked because Mm -hmm. it's, been rough yeah mm-hmm. we're going and and the other thing too that's probably a good thing to highlight right now so we are in one of those we had a really really rough winter mm-hmm. right and that really hurt our numbers yeah and then we're on we're in like we're in like i think the first like third of uh, the of the the low cycle right mm-hmm. so this like getting into it right now and that's not mm-hmm. shouldn't be a deterrent yeah but th- it should be something that's at the back of your mind that you're not gonna and you might get into like a pocket where you totally kill it right mm-hmm. and do really well but don't get don't don't lose like hope if you get into it and it's not panning out right yeah like yeah well yeah. and a lot of it you're you you know like you said you're doing it for the fun you're yeah. doing it to stay busy you're doing it for the passion of it you're doing it because it's it's something to do you know you're you're not going to be getting rich at the fur auctions from predator hunting but but it's a lot of fun and and i I think it's something everybody can enjoy if if that's what you're into Mm -hmm. so um 
there is something like there is something so different about having something run in on a predator call mm-hmm. um that's it's just cool yeah it's yeah i mean it's just <laughs> such a cool feeling and like that rush you get like i've never lost that rush mm-hmm. like every time it doesn't matter i have a fox run in it's it's like a giant black bear running in right like it's just it's all the same to me Mm -hmm. yeah i'm like a little kid with it you know like (laughs) i'm like to the point now too like i've shot enough stuff Mm -hmm. that like i'm really excited to see other people shoot stuff oh yeah right like oh yeah and i mean there's still things i want to do there's Mm -hmm. still like milestones i want to like there's goals i want to hit right right? yeah but like still i'm super excited about like when i take a friend out and they yeah i just see him like you know they're just lit up over it like killing a fox or a lynx in there you know that's cool <laughs> well hopefully you've helped out a lot of people uh get excited for this get get prepped up for it and uh get ready to roll roll out there this winter so uh guys we're gonna wrap up this episode chris thank you so much for sharing your knowledge on this topic and and diving in as as, <laughs> as yeah. deep as we dive into everything and just beating topics to death. heck heck yeah um so uh, thanks for giving me an opportunity to like just sit here and like drone on about what i love to do That's yeah absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked you guys um, are here to go ahead and plug your instagram where people can go see all the uh, all the fur that you lay down <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh it's apex alaska uh and i'm i kind of just got it going yep. i'm just throwing you know a little random and it's not all like uh it's not all like predator hunting related stuff. It's oh, just yeah. kind of like my little like highlights of whatever I we go do. And oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We talked about a lot of that stuff on Monday. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And brought that up. So yeah, yeah. So awesome. It'll get better. There'll be more stuff on there. And <laughs> yep. And well, I'm like cool with. I'm cool with like. Uh, you know, I don't like. I don't know it all. But if someone's like frustrated or they're trying to, they're trying to figure something out. I'm. I'm. I'm stoked on mm-hmm. answering a question. Like hit me up, and I'm. You know, whatever we can do to try to. <laughs> absolutely succeed. i'm all about it absolutely well all right guys well thanks for hanging in there for this episode um if you have any questions about anything we talked about today or you would uh like us to do a future q a question or q a episode about any of this uh definitely hit us up at either of our socials or you can reach out to chris directly um but ours is at the northern hunter if you search that on facebook or instagram you'll find us uh and again we Really appreciate any support you guys can give us for uh, for putting these kind of shows on. Um, easiest way to do that is like and share the show with your friends mm-hmm. um, and subscribe to it on whatever platform yep. you're on. Uh, throw us a rating. You know, obviously five stars is best and a, a written review really helps us out a lot with the algorithms and sharing all this stuff. Uh, if you'd like to help us grow and produce more content, then if you head over to thenorthernhunter.com, we've got the shop page where you can get up some, some merch. Um, that really helps us out and then we've got a partners page with a bunch mm-hmm. of great companies that make a bunch of great gear all in the hunting realm all stuff that'll help you be more successful in the field and they've got discount codes they've given us uh, so if you go buy some gear from them they will uh, it'll, you'll get a little bit of discount on that it'll help the show out and uh, we really appreciate everybody listening and supporting what we're doing here so uh, thank you again Chris and until uh, next week get out there get after it and good luck see you there
All right, folks. We all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and action securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to stealthyhunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA.